Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you guys waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. The options are endless with Factor. Two-minute meals. Fill up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. How about some snacks, some smoothies, and more? Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is also the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. And you guys can be very flexible with your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the most important part, there's no prep. No mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping. There's no cooking or cleanup that is needed. If that sounds great to you guys, head to factormeals.com slash script 50 and use code script 50 to get 50% off. That's code script 50 at factormeals.com slash script 50 to get 50% off. Why has Triple H been so successful? Why is Triple H running WWE better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard on Monday and Friday night? Long-term booking. guys thank you so very much for joining me right here on off the script this is episode 457 for december 18th 2022 i am your host jd from new york as always coming to you live from the ots venue thank you guys so very much for joining me on your sunday evenings wrapping up your week right here on ots wherever you may be man we got a lot to get into we got a lot to get into, man. It was one of those busy weeks, man. It's like the pro wrestling world wants to just unleash everything they got in the final hour, man. In the last couple of weeks of the entire year, some of the biggest stories of the entire year broke this week. Like I said in the intro, man, we are going to talk about Sasha Banks. I think it's utterly ridiculous about what people are saying about Sasha Banks. I think it is semi-ridiculous that Mandy Rose was fired in the manner that she was, but she had it coming. She knew the consequences. I do understand WWE's point of view, but I also understand Mandy Rose for not wanting to give up $250,000 a month. So wherever you guys land in that, you know, I understand that WWE had to do a business thing, but I also understand Mandy Rose had to do 
that same thing. And then Vince McMahon, you know, I'm not really too concerned about that story, but the stories that came out after that initial story where a lot of people do not want him back, close friends think that he would ruin the company. Nobody in that locker room wants Vince McMahon back. I I just don't see it happening. I really don't. So I don't think you guys have anything to worry about. Listen, if, if it was a legit story and it was something that, could ultimately come to fruition, I would let you know firsthand. I I would be the first to tell you, listen, I'm worried. I don't think anything is going to seriously happen with Vince McMahon coming back to the company. But there is news, and we will talk about that. I got the rumored Royal Rumble card. I got Goldberg potentially coming back next year. I hope to God he stays away. And we're going to talk about Matt Riddle, man. There was a story that came out after... The entire story broke about Matt Riddle and why he was taken off of TV. Close friends say that he is not entering drug rehab and that he is just dealing with the ramifications of a divorce, which I find to be complete bullshit, but I don't expect anything less from the wrestling media. We're going to get into all that, man. I appreciate you joining me on this Sunday night. I'm going to need you to do one thing for me right before we start, man. I'm going to need, we got 1,400 people in here right now. People are still filing on in. He's still at the bar ordering a drink. Seriously, I need you guys to help me out here, man. We need a 1,000 likes minimum. Minimum. No questions asked, bro. So get them on in. Helps me out. Helps you out. Helps the show out. Helps the channel out. We are 600 subscribers away from 140,000 subscribers. I would love to hit that within the next three weeks. I really would. It is 12-18-2022. I would love before we hit 2023 to hit 140,000, man. It would be a nice round number. It would also help help out my OCD. Seriously. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up and hit that subscribe button. I would greatly appreciate it. Super Chats are open. Get them on in. We're going to hang out at the end of the show. I just popped open a uh, ice cold liquid death, so we are good to go. Got my cold beverage for the rest of the night. Get them on and we'll hang out as usual at the end of the podcast. Memberships, man. We got members only tonight. Every Sunday's members only. We got four new members already. I haven't even said a word yet. We got the Dud becoming a new member. We got Vin Cloud becoming a new member. And we got DGK Dog becoming a new member tonight. Also, JQ James becomes a new member. Thank you, gentlemen. Make sure you get those memberships in. And the only way to talk tonight in the chat, only way to converse with my VIPs is if you hit that join button. And when you hit that join button and become a channel member, you guys are going to get emotes. You guys are going to get badges next to your name to show off your VIP status. It is where everybody wants to be in the IWC, man. And then soon, we'll be doing the podcast from my mother's basement, legitimately. Can't wait. Tonight's show is sponsored by Manscaped. You guys need a quick holiday gift, a great holiday gift for the man in your life, whether you're a wife, for her husband, 
son for her father, or just for yourself, it doesn't matter. Manscaped has got you covered, man, legitimately, this holiday season. Manscaped.com. Code script 20 at checkout for 20% off and free shipping. So go check those guys out. They got some great shit over there. We'll talk about them a little bit later. Go check out all the other content. We were live for Monday. Monday Night Raw. We were live for Wednesday's Dynamite. Winter is coming. We were live for Friday's SmackDown, which was a great show. Ricochet and Gunther. Great IC title match. And then Uncle Howdy is not Bray Wyatt. And Bray Wyatt is not Uncle Howdy. Who the fuck is he? I don't know. But Uncle Howdy was there. And we saw him in the flesh. Talk about all that stuff. Go check that out. Tons of shorts on the channel, which is, in my honest opinion, helping out the channel grow, which is only a good thing. So go check out all that stuff, man. All on the homepage for you. If you missed any of the content right here on the podcast. Let's get into the news, man. Going to start off with something that I think people are going to be cheering about, man, legitimately. I, I need to, uh, I need to uh, get this out of the way because I don't want to linger on this one too much. Apparently, there was a rumor going around that Goldberg was set to return to the WWE. Now, this is coming from Fightful. Last week, rumors circulated that Goldberg had signed a new WWE contract that would see him with a two-year deal and five matches guaranteed. Five matches guaranteed. Listen, I know, I know. No, nobody wants it. Nobody wants it, man. Nobody wants it. I don't even think Impact wants Bill Goldberg. Five matches guaranteed. Please, God help me. And three matches to be against new talent that he hasn't faced. No, oh, great. Who, who's that going to be? Omas? Give me a fucking break. In addition, the report stated the shows would be mainly Saudi and WrestleMania matches. However, those close to him say, and I quote, not so fast. Specifically, they said that would be news to his reps that negotiate those kind of deals. Now, I need to throw this out there. And this is coming from Fightful Select. Why would Fightful be in the know about Goldberg coming back if they do indeed want to keep it a secret? Fightful, Meltzer, NoIQ.com, and all these other fucking geeks in the community. Why would they know about Goldberg coming back? You know, it's easy for them to say, well, yeah, you know, it's not true. It's not true. Hold your horses, man. Not so fast with that news. We don't know anything. His reps, they talk about that shit, and they don't even know what the fuck is going on. So that is a possibility. This may still be a thing, but they may be covering it up because they don't want it out in the open yet. Goldberg's current WWE agreement runs through 2022, and seeing that there's two weeks left in the year, uh, Goldberg will not be seen. Thank God we are uh, very grateful for Goldberg not showing up on TV. Uh, there are no matches remaining on it. There's always a chance he resigns with the company, like I just previously mentioned. However, according to his reps, that is not the case. Dot, dot, dot. Yet. Dun, dun, dun. 
We don't want Goldberg, so uh, listen, folks. Goldberg, you got nothing to worry about, man. Goldberg is not going to show up on your TVs yet, man. I know, I know. It's, it's fantastic news. It is fantastic news, man. Goldberg is not going to be anywhere near your TV screens. He's not going to be giving you agita. He's not going to be giving you uh, heart palpitations, right? Don't worry about it. It's not going to happen yet. So there you go. Rumor killer. Start off the podcast with some merry news, okay? There you go. Never say I didn't do anything for you guys. There you go. Two thumbs up from me. Let's get into some real news, man. Fuck Bill Goldberg, okay? Just want to get that out there. Royal Rumble. Top matches for the Royal Rumble. And the Royal Rumble, more than likely, will be including a hell in a cell match. Now, the build has begun for the Royal Rumble. If you are indeed watching closely on these shows, on Raw, I don't know who's watching Raw lately because the ratings have plummeted and the show is utterly boring. Friday, you see where some things are going. But the build for the Royal Rumble has begun and the top matches are indeed set internally. Some things can't be announced on TV until after the 12.30 episode of SmackDown. Barring an injury, this is what the card looks like right now for the 2023 Royal Rumble. For the undisputed WWE Universal Championship, it will be Roman Reigns, the Tribal Chief, versus Kevin Owens. That more than likely will be the main event. Or I should say, one of the main events. The Royal Rumble legitimately should be the main event, but that will be your championship match of the evening. And I like it. It makes sense. It furthers the storyline between Sami Zayn and what his future lies. So well, what, where his future lies, I should say, with the bloodline. So that is going to be great following all that going into WrestleMania season. SmackDown Women's Championship match. We have Ronda. <laughs> Ronda Rousey Drowsy against <laughs> Raquel Rodriguez Gonzalez. That's your SmackDown Women's Championship match. Gotta love it, man. Who cares? Who cares? Got the men's Royal Rumble match. You got the women's Royal Rumble match. The usual. Uh, I'm going to be very interested to see what WWE does with the women's Royal Rumble match, being that they've bolstered the roster. So uh, they brought in all these women, more women to probably make their debut or returns to the company via the Royal Rumble, which is great because I don't want to watch a Royal Rumble where we see Ivory and Alicia Fox and Jillian Hall and all these other fucking nobody scrubs in the Royal Rumble, and I have absolutely no chance of fucking winning. Give me a break. Nobody wants to see that garbage. They're in, and they're there for 30 seconds, and then they're eliminated. They got an easy payday, and nobody fucking cares. Seriously, get them out. Get them out. It's a waste of a Royal Rumble, man. That's why nobody takes the Women's Royal Rumble seriously, and it's a fucking joke for the last couple of years. Apparently, there will be a pitch black match between L.A. Knight and Bray Wyatt, what a pitch black match is, I don't know, but uh, we will find out at the Royal Rumble. 
You know what? I have a pitch black match every Thursday when I turn to Axis TV and watch Impact Wrestling. <laughs> oh, man. I have a pitch black ba- match with Impact every week, man. You want to know why? Because I'm fucking out cold. It's so boring. Give me a break. Edge. Edge will be returning to the company, and he will be going one-on-one with Demon. That's what it says in the notes. Demon Finn Balor, and this will be a Hell in a Cell match. So we talked about the rumors of there being a Hell in a Cell match. First of all, they need to get rid of the red cage. It needs to go back to being the regular cage color. Hopefully Triple H understands this and has listened to the cries and the complaints of the fan base because Vince McMahon was a senile, demented fuck who never wanted to listen to anybody but Bruce Prichard and his own cronies. Get it out. No red cage. Hopefully they change that. That would be a, a pleasant surprise if we get the regular Hell in a Cell cage color back at the Royal Rumble. There were rumors of this happening a couple of weeks ago. It is a little bit more uh, confirmed in these reports today. But there are other options if that is not the Hell in a Cell match. Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns could absolutely be inside Hell in a Cell. That could be one option. Goldberg, not Goldberg, Jesus fuck. Now I got Goldberg on the mind. Uh, Brock Lesnar, one and the same. Uh, Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley could also be inside the uh, the Hell in a Cell Royal Rumble match. Um, that would absolutely make sense, but I-, I figured that it would be any one of those three, but Edge and Balor absolutely makes sense and would be a great way for Edge to finally just, you know, before he moves on to something serious at WrestleMania, just move on from the Judgment Day and end this Judgment Day feud and uh, have a WrestleMania season that offers him something different, which is great. So that is the Royal Rumble card for now. I I think that's more than enough. Reigns, Owens, Rousey, Rodriguez, men's and women's Royal Rumble match, pitch black match between LA Knight and Bray Wyatt, Edge versus Finn Balor, the demon Finn Balor inside a Hell in a Cell. So we got one, two, Three, four singles matches, and then the two Royal Rumble matches, which will probably be closer to an hour each. So that flushes out the card. Great. And I'm excited. I've said this for weeks now. I am very excited about a Triple H booked Royal Rumble. I'm excited about a Triple H booked WrestleMania season. So there is a lot to be excited about when it comes to what we're going to be getting in January for the Royal Rumble and the build leading up to the Royal Rumble. One thing I will I will be paying attention to is Vince didn't build at all to the Royal Rumble. He just let it sit because he figured, well, the people are going to watch anyway because the Rumble is the Rumble, and, you know, that's why people order it and tune in and blah, blah, blah. He felt like he didn't have to do anything. But we got stories here. We got Owens and Reigns, story. We got Rousey and Rodriguez, uh, no matter what you think of them, story. We got LA Knight and Bray Wyatt, story. Edge and Balor, story. So we will see... Uh, stories going into the Royal Rumble, which is going to be different than what we've gotten in the last several years. Let's start off with one of the big news stories that we dove into this week, and that is Mandy Rose. Mandy Rose was fired from WWE. Fired, quit. Sounds more and more like she quit. Because WWE did give her supposedly an ultimatum. You either stop the nudity on your website or we got to get ready. She opted to say no. And WWE was forced to let her go. 
In regards to the rumors, Mandy Rose reportedly was off guard, caught off guard by the release of her this past week. And I don't know. There's multiple stories coming out about this. Don't know what to believe in regards to Mandy Rose. Brian Alvarez reported on his subscription feed on Twitter that she was caught off guard by the firing. And as previously noted, she was let go by the company because of adult photos posted on her subscription website. Now, if you guys want the lowdown on all these adult photos and the contents of such, Jesse has a full, full notebook of everything you need to know. Just go follow him on social media. He's got anything you want, man. You got questions, he's got the answers. I don't have any of that stuff here because I'm not uh, a fucking geek, okay? Alvarez noted that he hasn't seen the photos. <laughs> yeah, right. Alvarez hasn't seen the photos. Give me a fucking break, man. You know everybody studied this shit for uh, research purposes. Give me a break. Alvarez noted that he hadn't seen the photos, but apparently they have been getting more risque, and WWE wasn't cool with that, even though they knew about the site prior. The site in question is MandyRoseACS.com. There you go. Again, never say that I never gave you guys anything for Christmas. Alvarez stated, Mandy was fired over photos. I think technically not only fans. I haven't seen them, but they apparently have been getting more risque, and WWE wasn't cool with that, even though they knew about the site prior. She was very much caught off guard by the firing. Now, Rose was on a historic title run in NXT, historic in days and length, but as far as the title reign itself and the contents of such title reign, I would not use the word historic. She was positioned as the top female on the brand, and she held the women's title for 413 days before dropping it to Roxanne Perez on Tuesday's NXT. The plan was that she was eventually going to drop the title to Perez, but it was going to happen at New Year's Evil. Meltzer. He discussed Shawn Michaels making changes to Tuesday's show in light of the Mandy Rose news. He says, and I quote, they switched the whole show around on Tuesday because there was a meeting and Matt Bloom brought to Shawn Michaels' attention, told him what was going on with Mandy, told him what some of the stuff was that she was putting on her subscription service was, and told Shawn Michaels what was on there. So I guess Matt Bloom also signed up to MandyRoseACS.com for strictly research purposes. Otherwise, he would have never went to Shawn Michaels so hastily with such evidence. So now we know where Matt Bloom spends his extracurricular time away from the WWE PC. So he brought all this to Shawn Michaels' attention. Shawn's immediate thing was, we've got to get the title off of her immediately switched the whole show around and got the title off of Mandy and put it on Roxanne Perez. Now, in an update from Fightful, they followed up by adding that WWE sources indicated the company felt like the content that Mandy was putting on her website was quote-unquote not appropriate for one or more of their partner relationships and that Rose didn't seem interested in stopping any posting. Rose reportedly had indicated to people in recent months that she did realize what she was posting could end up getting her in trouble with WWE management. Now, there was a follow-up to all of what you probably already knew. Fightful Select reports that things seemed very hasty 
in regards to Mandy losing her women's championship to Roxanne Perez on Tuesday's NXT. The media outlet got word about 15 minutes before the show that Rose would be losing the title. Those close to Rose claimed she was in good spirits at the NXT show and immediately following the release. JC Jane and Gigi Dolan, who had been in a stable with Rose as Toxic Attraction for over a year, had several looks on the main roster, and Fightful was told that they had long impressed people of influence, but had not learned of any advanced plans to bring Mandy back to the main roster. The report stated that there were some WWE sources that were at least trying to leak that Mandy had requested her release two weeks ago, but so far we've not been given any indication to that being true. I don't know why WWE sources were trying to leak that Mandy had requested her release two weeks ago. Well, what difference would that make? I didn't really understand that part of the story there. So if you guys have any indication or any uh, explanation as to why that was thrown into Fightful's report, I'd love to hear from you guys because that doesn't make any sense to me. Rose was among the WWE stars to sign five-year deals in 2019, which was a main roster deal, by the way, for big money. What big money is, I don't know. It's not as big as what she was making on her website. MandyRoseACS.com, if you guys have forgotten. Uh, she had nearly two years left on her contract at the time of her release. You know, I said this with Jesse on the day that we re- recorded the extra, okay? If you guys want to go listen to a joint discussion between Jesse and I on the topic, it's on my channel. It's legitimately on the homepage. It blew up. I appreciate all the support. What I did not read in any of these stories, in any of these reports, was that there was communication. We don't know if Mandy was given a stern warning. I said this already. Nobody knows if Mandy was given a stern warning once, twice, three times. Right? On the surface, it looks like WWE saw this, panicked, and then fucking fired her without any rhyme or reason, any thought. Right? We don't know if there was communication between Mandy and WWE. I don't really understand what had occurred here. Nobody knows what occurred here. Was Mandy given an ultimatum? Hey, listen, we don't want to fire you. Please take the shit off the website. Don't be doing basically softcore porn on the website and take it off and we won't have to fire you. WWE clearly knew what the fuck she was doing before it started to get more risque, and they did not have a problem with it. So why did Mandy just go and do what she wanted to do, knowing that it was ultimately going to land her in hot water? To me, it doesn't really make sense to take it to that next level. You already have people wanting to see you and that type of content the way that it was being presented. Why did she need to take it To the next level. How many more? This is what I'm genuinely curious about. How many more subscribers to that website was she going to get or did she get by turning up the heat, I would say, on the content? I don't know. I I, I don't know. Did she not want to be a part of WWE anymore? I, I, I find it to be reckless. I really do. She just gave everything up and she she just wasted 413 days of her title reign. There was no communication in no instance that I find that there was communication between Mandy and WWE. 
hey, take the shit off the website. We don't want to fire you. We got fucking Mattel. I heard it was Mattel. I don't know. I don't have any concrete evidence that it was Mattel. If it was Mattel, the toy makers for WWE's action figures, that's a big fucking deal, right? If Mattel's going to come fucking screeching at WWE, hey, we don't want her doing this. Tell her to take the shit off or we're going to stop our partnership with you if she continues doing this shit. We don't want you employing somebody that's basically uploading softcore porn to what is supposed to be a PG product. WWE clearly was going to make their situation known with Mattel. Hey, we're going to be with you guys. All right, we'll get rid of Mandy. Mattel is a big money deal. For WWE, I heard it was Mattel. Could have been anybody. Could have been Fox. Could have been USA. Could have been Mattel. Could have been this one, that one. Whoever else is a, a big rig sponsor for WWE. We don't know. We don't know. But there was no communication at all. But I do say, at the end of all this, I get why WWE needed to do what they needed to do. WWE had no choice but to get rid of Mandy because she did not want to get rid of the website. She did not want to stop uploading the content that she was uploading to her website. And for that, I respect. I do respect that. I respect the fact that she said, you know what? I'm not stopping this shit. You know, I'm going to do what I want to do and I'm going to give up what I've given you guys here and I'm going to go do this other thing. I respect that. For somebody to stand on their own two feet and go and do something that is questionably, you know, as far as content is related, you know, very questionable how long that's going to last, nobody knows. To go do something like that on her own, away from the WWE, that is a ballsy move. It really is. For someone to take a chance on themselves, I will always, always appreciate that in somebody. But I also understand WWE's point of view that they had to get rid of her because she was not making any leeway in getting rid of the site. And if WWE's got sponsors barking up their ass, then they have no choice because they're going to lay in bed with their sponsors. And Mandy Rose, they figured, dime a dozen. We can get somebody else that looks like Mandy Rose inside the PC and build them up for what we need to do. They let Mandy go. I get it. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The other thing that I have a problem with is, is Mandy, and this, you know, I don't know Mandy, I don't know what she is, how she is as a person, how she enjoys making content, if she enjoys it completely, is she completely fulfilled in the content realm that she's now found herself in? What I, what I would love to know, and it is content, it is, it is a form of content that we as content creators have to 
live with. This type of content exists, whether you like it or not, whether you find it deplorable, OnlyFans and all this other shit. You know, people go out there and make their content. You know, I, I listen, I can't ever, 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 ever see myself do that's or buy into that content. That is specifically for a niche audience, okay? But it's content, you know, or lack thereof. It is content, and the courage it takes for someone to go out there knowing the landscape of fucking these geeks and virgins that are out there, these fucking sick, demented people out there, these lunatics... To live amongst that while uploading content like that, knowing that your inbox is going to be flooded and you're going to get messages with fucking dudes showing their fucking dick pics and all this other shit, all this other garbage that you'll probably be prone to, it's tough. I can imagine it's tough. So the courage that it takes to even go and do that, you know, that's a whole nother can of worms. That's up to you to do that. That is your choice completely. Is Mandy going to be fulfilled is what I want to know. Is she completely fulfilled in that type of content? I said this on the, on the video that I did with Jesse. At some point, I do believe both parties will end up regretting the decision that they made. I don't think WWE wanted to get rid of Mandy Rose. They did not. They'd be fucking stupid if they wanted to get rid of Mandy Rose. They... Got rid of her because they were forced to. This is a woman that they have actively showcased and sexualized for years. All they wanted was for her to stop doing softcore porn. That's all they wanted. Go out there and express, express your sexuality. Fine. WWE did it. They did it. It was not about the money. It was not about how WWE wants a cut. It was about the content that she was putting up. I've seen a lot of people blasting Mandy Rose... And blasting WWE, they chose sides. Everything, you got to choose sides. Nobody can see the good on one side, the good on the other, the bad on one side, the bad on the other. Everybody wants to choose sides. It was not about WWE wanting a cut of the money. They didn't care about the money she was making. They cared about their standing with Mattel or whatever sponsor it was, and they wanted her to stop doing nudity. Bikini photos and sexually posing on the beach is fine. They wanted her to stop doing the nudity. She did not. She made a choice. WWE made theirs. End of discussion. Is Mandy Rose going to be fulfilled at the end of all this? That's the problem. Is she going to regret it? How long is she going to want to continue showing her tits and her ass, you know, in a sexual manner? How long is she going to want to straddle Tino Sabatelli on fucking live feeds on her goddamn website? You know, at some point, it's going to be like, hey, I want to get back in the ring. I want to go and wrestle. I can do this, and I want to go and wrestle. I think Mandy Rose is going to continue doing what she's doing, and she's going to go find somewhere else to wrestle. Whether it be WWE, AEW, Impact, wherever. It doesn't matter. I know Tommy Dreamer's already sent out fucking bat signals that he wants Mandy Rose on Impact's roster. Whatever. They'd be lucky to have her if they can afford her. I do think that she will be back in WWE. I think she will be back in WWE as soon as next year. There's no reason why WWE, you know, is not going to bring her. None. At the end of the day, I feel like there's going to be a regret on both Mandy and WWE for the decision that they made. And I do think that if Tony Khan is interested in her, 
If WWE doesn't want anything to do with her anymore and she sticks her, you know, her feet in the ground that says, I'm keeping this shit and it's not going anywhere because of the money I'm making, fine. That's a decision that she made. That's going to be whoever else's problem. You know, Tony Khan, Scott Demore, no matter who it is. But if Tony Khan is interested in Mandy, she's got 90 days. She doesn't have the standard NXT 30 days. She was signed to a main roster deal. She was brought back down to NXT to resuscitate her career and advance her career with a new gimmick and a new personality. That's what they did. 90 days. We won't be seeing Mandy Rose until at least WrestleMania season, wherever she may end up. But if Tony Khan wants a piece of Mandy Rose, he would be lucky to have her, and I do think she would be a valuable asset to that women's division. But I do think at the end of all this, she will be back in WWE. Toxic Attraction. Another thing I wanted to mention about Toxic Attraction. Toxic Attraction is going to have to continue the show. The show must go on without Mandy Rose. They may be upset. They may be heartbroken. Those are the two ladies that I feel the sorry, most sorry for. Because now without Mandy, you know, Mandy was basically, I don't want to say the whole group, but a good chunk of the group was Mandy Rose. There is no Gigi Dolan. There is no JC Jane. There's no toxic attraction without Mandy Rose. I don't give a fuck who you are or what you say. There is no toxic attraction without Mandy Rose. Okay. Now, obviously, WWE, I'm assuming, would want to continue the toxic attraction uh, group and gimmick. The report said that they were getting several looks on the main roster. WWE is more than likely going to be bringing both Gigi Dolan and JC Jane to the main roster. We could see Mandy show up in the Royal Rumble for all we fucking know. I don't know. It could be as soon as the Royal Rumble and things. It, it almost seems like nothing ever happened. Mandy Rose will be back with Toxic Attraction. We got them on the main roster, blah, blah, blah. It's all over. But if Mandy doesn't come back and she stays firm in her choice, if WWE wants to continue the Toxic Attraction group, you know who would be a great leader for the Toxic Attraction group? Chelsea Green. Chelsea Green would absolutely fit Toxic Attraction like a fucking glove. Seriously. Plus, it would get Matt Cardona in WWE, and that's exactly what I would love to see. But Chelsea Green would be perfect for Toxic Attraction. But I think at the end of all this, Mandy will be back in WWE. Jesse also made a good point on the show that we did when we covered this. You know, Mandy, even though she kind of resurrected her career and really made that great change to her presentation, you know, she's gotten better in the ring. How far has she taken that gimmick already? Seriously. How far has she taken that? Would it have been as successful on the main roster? What were they going to do on the main roster that they haven't done in NXT, it seems like, and he makes a great point, she had already hit her ceiling in NXT. What else was there for her to do going to the main roster with those girls? I know she probably feels bad about those girls, but what else was there for her to do going to the main roster? Do exactly what they did in NXT with what? Damage control? What are we going to do? There's not much more that they could do. Maybe that also played a factor in her decision. Hey, you know, how long am I going to stay down in NXT? Was there even plans for to, were there even plans for Mandy to be called up 
to the main roster? We don't know. There's so many unanswered questions. If Mandy was never going to get called up to the main roster and they were going to keep her on NXT after she lost that championship, what, is, what exactly is there for her to do? Nothing. That also may have been a factor that played into her decision. We don't know. But again, at the end of all of this, let me scale it back at the end of all this. I think that Mandy will be back with the WWE, and I think both parties will end up regretting the decision that they made. Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon. I picked up my PC. Hopefully everything's looking right. We're at 1080p tonight, right? Hopefully, because we're at 720 on Friday because of a minor error. Hopefully everything's looking good. I went to go get my PC, picked it up on Long Island. Jesse calls me. Did you see this news report? I'm like, what? I'm driving. I got my PC. What what did I do now? Who did I anger now? Who blocked me now? Vince McMahon intends to return to the WWE. Now, I read this and I said to myself, hey, I could see it. I could absolutely see it. I, I, I don't believe there is anybody in that company that wants it to happen, but if somebody's going to make it happen, Vince is going to make it happen. Seriously. There is intent by Vince McMahon to get back into the company by any means necessary. He wants to go back to work. Now, I do think, I will say this, I do think that Vince McMahon is working in the shadows To what extent, I don't know. He is conducting daily WWE business. If you don't think so, you're a complete idiot. He is waking up every morning. He's in the gym at 3 a.m. Nothing's changed. He thinks he's Superman. He's conducting WWE business at Titan Tower every single fucking day. He's a vampire. Nothing's changed. Vince McMahon... Wants to come back to the company. The Wall Street Journal is reporting that Vince McMahon has told people that he refuses to pay settlements to Rita Chatterton and a former spa manager. Now, I did watch the uh, (laughs) Dark Side of the Ring. (laughs) Basically, Dark Side of the Ring on Vince McMahon. The Nine Lives of Vince McMahon on Vice TV. It was basically uh, several excerpts from Dark Side of the Ring and... It was narrated and presented like Dark Side of the Ring. There were uh, several cameos there by Vince Russo and Jim Cornette and several other people. Some of the Hart brothers were there. They documented legitimately everything or most of what we have come to know or have read in the mainstream media in regards to Vince McMahon. They, they left out the Ashley Massaro situation, was complete, which was completely fucked up. They, they, they covered everything but that. But most of the big stories that made mainstream media, they covered. So Rita Chatterton, uh, the plane ride from hell was on there. The spa story was on there. Chatterton says that she was raped by Vince McMahon in the back of a limousine in 1986. And the spa manager says she was assaulted by McMahon at a California resort in 2011. Furthermore, the Wall Street Journal reports that Vince McMahon, 77 years old, if you guys need any more reason why he shouldn't be back, just look at his age, has told people that he plans on making a comeback in WWE 
And he reportedly told people that he received bad advice from people close to him telling him to step down. McMahon also reportedly believes that the allegations and investigations would have blown over if he had stayed with the company. And yes, the company probably would have been driven creatively into a fucking ditch further than it already was because of Vince McMahon. So thank God those close personal friends gave him that advice and he listened. McMahon announced in July that he was retiring, but it was later, retire, he never retired. That he was retiring and it was later stated in an official company filing that he had resigned. Prior to his resignation, McMahon told people that he had no intention of stepping down and the feeling at the time was that he would continue running the company. That changed as more allegations came to light in the Wall Street Journal. Since McMahon's exit, Stephanie McMahon, Jolly Ole, St. Nick, Nick Khan, and Paul Levesque have taken over as the key people of power behind the scenes. Vince McMahon is still the majority shareholder. Nothing new there, okay? You know, I find it funny how he continues to think that if he was still there, everything would have blown over. No, things would have been made worse. It would have been a bad look and a black eye for the company, but he is so self-centered in everything that he does. It's always Vince, 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 fuck everybody else. He thinks that if he was there, it would have been okay and things would have been swept under the rug. No, WWE would have been in the line of fire right alongside you. I've said this for months. You guys remember John Cena showing up in the summer and we all realized that, all right, John Cena's on Raw. He's going to start a program with Austin Theory. I believe, no matter what, because John Cena's showing up on a random episode and it leading to nothing... That didn't make any sense to me. John Cena was on that show. In my honest opinion, I don't have any facts behind this or any statements or news behind this. This is what I think specifically. I think John Cena was there to start a program with Austin Theory going into SummerSlam and did not want to take part in it right now because of the ongoing investigation with Vince McMahon because it would have made John Cena look bad. John Cena did not want to work in the WWE while all this was going on because of the black eye it potentially could have given him and his career outside of WWE. But Vince has no fucking problem going back to the WWE, wanting to remain with the WWE, while he said, oh, I should have still been there. Everything would have blown over and things would have been finished and no problem. No, it doesn't work that way. For the sake of the stock, for the sake of the company, for the sake of everybody believing in the fucking brand that you built, it was best for you to go away. And then after all the investigation was over, this is the part that I find the most funny. After the investigation was over, they specifically wiped clean the investigation. $19.8 million wiped clean. Jail time facing Vince McMahon wiped clean because a promise was made that if he never showed up in the WWE, never returned, and had nothing to do with what's going on right now in the company outside of the 80% of the fucking shares he owns, we're going to sweep this under the rug as if it never happened. You're free to go. Now that everything's free to go, he thinks he can fucking once again, you know, cheat the system and go back to the company, and nobody wants him. Nobody wants him. Nobody there wants him. The only people there that want him are Bruce Pritchard and Kevin Dunn. That's it. There's nobody there in that company that wants Vince McMahon back. You have to be a fucking absolute insane lunatic if you want Vince McMahon back. Internal WWE reactions. 
to Vince McMahon's issues and wanting to come back. Fightful immediately heard, immediately heard from numerous staff and talent within WWE. One WWE current talent called this news, and I quote, exhausting and was hopeful that Vince McMahon's tenure was in the rear view mirror, despite them having a positive relationship prior to McMahon leaving. Another said that they were concerned for the talent that just got rehired in the event that Vince McMahon were to return. A higher up that Fightful spoke to wasn't nearly as concerned. This higher up mentioned that the stock prices have increased, viewership was boosted, and general morale recovered after Vince McMahon had stepped down. It would be a really selfish move for Vince McMahon to come back under any circumstances. The reason he left, how business has done since then, it would be really selfish. But selfish activities are what led him to leaving in the first place. That source said they did not believe that Vince would return despite having voting power within the company. I hope to God that is the case. One longtime staffer said that morale has increased tenfold since Vince left, and they don't believe he'll be back whether he wants to or not. An employee of over a decade says they also believe that McMahon's family will actively encourage him to remain retired. That same source says that they think McMahon returning would do irreparable damage to the WWE brand and said that few doubters that thought WWE would collapse internally have been proven wrong, with one notable name even admitting as much. Irreparable damage. Jesus fucking Christ, is that an understatement? The company would be dead if Vince returned. I said this when I did the extra earlier in the week. Selfish doesn't even begin to describe Vince McMahon at all. Vince McMahon is not going to rest until this company is dead and Vince McMahon kills it himself. Do you honestly think that Vince McMahon, if coming back, is just going to sit back and push pencils and file fucking papers in Greenwich or Stanford? Give me a fucking break. Vince is going to come back to the company and he's going to unravel and undo everything that Paul Levesque has done. Everything, everything and everybody that he's brought back would be undone by Vince McMahon in the days of his return. You think he's going to sit back and just let Triple H run the fucking show? It would be majority Vince and then maybe an idea sprinkled here and there by Paul Levesque. Shit would be finished. The show that you now once loved was destroyed, is getting back to what it needs to be. Slowly, it would be all destroyed again. You think Vince is just going to sit around? No. This man absolutely fucking killed the WWE vision. Every single aspect of the WWE vision was killed because of Vince McMahon's fucking selfishness. He killed, he fucking killed NXT, and I'll never get over it. The black and gold is dead because of Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard, John Laurinaitis, and everybody else associated with that fucking circus. This is the man you want back? Look at what he did to NXT black and gold. You don't think he would do it to Paul Levesque again? This man 
is never going to rest until WWE is dead by his own hands. He cannot grasp that the company is thriving without him. And I get it. We're going into WrestleMania season. He thinks that, oh, it's my company. It's my brand. You can't have WrestleMania without Vince. It's exactly what he's thinking. Selfish. Meanwhile, we are on a projection to have the most exciting and the biggest WrestleMania ever without Vince McMahon. I don't find that to be a fucking coincidence. I don't. But that's the selfishness of Vince McMahon. He will not rest until this company is dead by his own hands at all. The timing of these articles from the Wall Street Journal was very interesting to one official that came to power in recent years with McMahon speaking to those close to him about a potential return. That source did not believe the timing of the information of additional legal issues being released was an accident and also coincides with the release of a Vince McMahon Vice documentary. You know, I find it to be very weird that the documentary absolutely was on the same day. It dropped the same day. All this Wall Street Journal story, I I should say, about him coming back and intending to come back, dropped on the same day of the Vice documentary. I I, I don't know what to think of that. It it makes me think, you know, this news was kind of being withheld and, and hidden until that day because even the Wall Street Journal doesn't want him back. And if he is back, I know that there are more than enough skeletons in that closet to unleash onto the general public if he does intend to come back, which will then further give the WWE a bad fucking rep and a black eye. But the fact that it dropped on that day, and then we saw the Vice documentary, I honestly think it was a setup, a plan to kind of ensure everybody, hey, I know he's saying this, but look at this, we're going to drop this, Just keep a close eye on it. This is what he intends to do. This is what he said. And I want everybody out there to make a level-headed decision when it comes to what you need to do with him. That's the way I feel about that. I I just found it very odd that the documentary dropped on the same day that the Wall Street Journal put out a story that he intends to come back to the company. Fightful spoke with over a dozen staff, talent, and employees on December 13th about the Wall Street Journal, and the rarely unanimous reaction was that McMahon was not wanted back in his previous roles. Meltzer spoke on Wrestling Observer Radio. He reported that McMahon's strong allies, even McMahon's trusted soldiers, do not want him to make a comeback. Meltzer started off by noting, that the board of directors has to make the call to bring him back and look out for what's best for the company, even though Vince owns 80% of the voting power. It would be a major internal upheaval in that company for him to come back, but he's Vince. Maybe he will. He will certainly try. Just the fact that he's trying is going to be a big story. I know allies of Vince, very much allies of Vince, and very protective of Vince, things like that, who are not business allies of Vince within that company right now because they know it would be the worst thing and they are very strong allies of Vince McMahon himself. People who you would think are his allies, you don't know. People are happier in that company. They know the company's running better 
So the people who are allies or looking at the company's best interests don't want him back. When Vince was on the rocks, they were allies of Vince, and they didn't think he was ever going to go, and they thought he'll ride it out and it'll go away. Once he left, the idea of him coming back, I was surprised about a lot of people who you would think are his allies don't want him back. Personally, I'm sure they are, but as far as wanting him back, I'm sure there are some that actually do want Vince back, end quote. That's what Melter said. A bunch of run-on sentences and fucking uh, running around in circles there with what he said, that quote. Holy shit. Nobody wants Vince back. Nobody. Meltzer then went on to say he got a direct quote from somebody that is a longtime supporter of the company and Vince McMahon. He said this about Vince McMahon returning to the company. He said it would cripple WWE. Meltzer says this, and I quote, what if he decided to upend the entire board? He has 80% voting stock and is still the largest owner of common stock. The class action shareholder lawsuits would cripple the entire company. The networks would balk. Fox had to get rid of Roger Ailes. I don't think they would be favorable to his return. NBCU is a prisoner of the deal, and even they spoke up about his TV appearances when he was in the headlines and still appearing on TV. The shareholder revolt would endanger the entire organization. This was a terrible shot today to the moving forward business as usual claim that was implemented by Stephanie, Paul Levesque, and Nick Khan. Now the conspiracy theories will be all about Vince coming back. If he comes back, it's scorch earth scenarios. Unless he figures a lesser role, how he, of all people, can take a lesser role, I don't fucking know how that's going to be. I just said that. But the leak from his side is that he was given bad advice, So now he's blaming everybody else. I'm telling you, man, this this is not going to go away. This is going to actually get worse and worse as we get closer to WrestleMania. He's going to make every attempt to come back during WrestleMania season. Mark my fucking words. Now, the documentary, The Nine Lives of Vince McMahon, it was two hours long, It was basically, if you watch Dark Side of the Ring and enjoy that type of production, it was basically Dark Side of the Ring. There wasn't a lot of new footage, and there were names who were in the documentary. Um, Those names who did not participate in the documentary. I I thought Jim Cornette was in there. Vince Russo, I know, was in there. Um, Jericho was asked to do it. He didn't do it. Chris Jericho, Jim Cornette, Eric Bischoff, Brian Danielson, CM Punk was asked to do the documentary. He said no. Mick Foley, Jim Ross, who said he's not going to do any more Dark Side of the Ring stuff anyway. Jerry Briscoe. You see a common theme with a lot of these people. Jerry Jarrett and Ted Mann of the Wall Street Journal. So Jericho has always said that he considers Vince McMahon as a father figure. Same thing with Brian Danielson. They are not going to go on a documentary like that and blast Vince McMahon. That was basically a hit piece. Jim Cornette, you know, I'm surprised to not see Jim Cornette there, but Vince Russo had no problem getting his fucking face on TV. Eric Bischoff, another shill. CM Punk, I don't think he wants anything to do with the fucking company, period. Mick Foley, another shill. Jim Ross wants nothing to do with that. You know, he's always thanked Vince McMahon. It said Vince McMahon's taken very good care of him. Jerry Briscoe, self-explanatory. Jerry Jarrett, Ted Mann of the Wall Street Journal. A lot of names. 
A lot of names. You know, there are people that want Vince McMahon back in the company. There are names that want Vince McMahon back in the company. I'm sure you guys know who those names are. Now, if Vince McMahon came back to the company, right? Look at all the positive changes that WWE has gone out there and given us on Monday and Friday night. Nothing is perfect. Nothing is perfect. There's not one wrestling show out there that is 100% perfect. Not even NXT Black and Gold, which is my favorite fucking brand of all time, is not perfect, okay? Things are getting better. Monday Night Raw, it's right now in a lull. This is WWE slow period. Everything's in a fucking lull, okay? We're getting into Royal Rumble season. Hopefully things get, you know, amped up going into Rumble season. Monday Night Raw has also got the three hours. That is a detriment to the overall general feeling of the show. But look at the changes that Vince, you know, or or the changes that have happened since Vince has left. Bloodline. Look at the Bloodline storyline. Do you genuinely believe the Bloodline storyline would be as hot as it is now if Vince was there? No. No, it would not be. Why, why would you think that the Bloodline storyline would be going this far, going into the Rumble, going into WrestleMania season, long-term booking, taking it into WrestleMania, where we may see Roman defend against Rock, Cody, and then the Usos defending against Sammy and Kevin Owens? Would WWE even have the wherewithal to team Kevin Owens and include him in this thing with Sami Zayn going up against the bloodline? Would Usi be a thing? Would the honorary Us be a thing? No, it would not. The bloodline story at this point probably would have been fucking over if Vince McMahon was in charge. Fact. So the bloodline has been better under Triple H than it has... Been with Vince McMahon. Pay-per-view changes. Do you genuinely think that Hell in a Cell would be eradicated from the pay-per-view calendar? Do you think that WWE would have omitted a December TLC pay-per-view? No, they would not. Do you think Vince McMahon would be taking considerations and talking about changing money in the bank and moving it back to WrestleMania? Do you think Vince McMahon would be talking about bringing back King of the Ring? No. None of that would even be a discussion. Point blank, period. Judgment Day. All we heard was that Bruce and Vince wanted supernatural elements to Judgment Day. I'll never forget the one scene that made me most embarrassed for Judgment Day. Damian Priest is in a match with AJ Styles. Match legitimately ended when Damian Priest looked into the camera. The lights went out. Purple mist happened in the ring and he disappeared. The match ended. We go to commercial break. We come back from commercial break. I'm like, where the fuck is Damian Priest and AJ Styles? I got to hear Jimmy Smith tell everybody the match ended in a no contest. I'm sorry. I just saw them in the ring. Smoke appeared. Damien Priest looked into the camera. We got a commercial break. We come back and the match is over. They wanted to add supernatural elements to Judgment Day. Do you think Finn Balor would be as far as he is right now in Judgment Day? The guy was booked as a fucking jobber when Vince McMahon was there. It was notoriously reported that Vince McMahon never seen Finn Balor as anything more than a jobber to the stars. He was not a fan of Finn Balor. Do you think that Vince would have been booking Finn Balor the way Triple H is booking him? No. 
Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley's the biggest female superstar on the main roster, the most popular, the most intriguing female superstar on the main roster. I would take Rhea Ripley any day over a Becky Lynch and a Bianca Belair. Look at the work that she's done. Look at the skin that she's grown comfortable in while in Judgment Day under Triple H. That would not be happening under Vince McMahon. Rhea Ripley would still be cutting terrible promos, and Rhea Ripley would be a background player for the duration of her Judgment Day run. Damian Priest has come along. Look at the promo work that he's done. Look at the the entire presentation of what he's gone out there and done for himself. He felt like everybody else, a nobody on the roster. They are collectively one of the best acts in the entire company. Even adding Dominic Mysterio, which a lot of people thought was a huge question mark, even he has made Judgment Day better. Do you think Rey Mysterio would have been moved over to SmackDown with Vince McMahon? Getting him away from Dominic Mysterio, potentially setting up now a match between Dominic and Rey at WrestleMania. No! It would not have happened. Rey would still be on Dominic, and I guarantee you, Judgment Day would still be feuding with Rey Mysterio. And all of us collectively would rather have a fucking gun to our head on Monday night. L.A. night. I mean, do I even need to get into L.A. night? Do you genuinely think L.A. night would be on TV? Do you think L.A. night would be on TV? Yeah! Let me talk to you! No! You fucking kidding me? The only way you get to watch L.A. night is if you go back on Peacock and watch old PC footage of L.A. night feud with Cameron Grimes with Ted DiBiase. That's the only way you'd get L.A. Knight on your TV. We'd still be in the Max Dupree era. The Maximum Male Models would still be on TV. And do you think Bright Wyatt would be feuding with L.A. Knight? You fucking break. Absolutely not. Becky Lynch, babyface to, you know, go and do what she needed to do to correct herself coming off that terrible heel run with Vince McMahon. You think we'd be getting that? Babyface Becky Lynch? No. Give me a break. Becky Lynch would still be a heel if Vince McMahon was there. Do you think Imperium would be back together? Do you genuinely think Gunther would be on a run of a lifetime with the Intercontinental title. This guy probably would have been eating L after L after L, even as champion, with Vince McMahon there. Do you think that we would have seen Fabian Eichner, Giovanni Vinci on the main roster, debut at Clash of the Castle? Fuck no. Give me a break. Do you think Gunther would be a solid, never mind solid, tremendous Intercontinental champion with Vince McMahon there? The first day that Vince was gone, we got video packages on the IC title and the importance and the prestige of the IC title. Same thing with the United States title. Do you think any of that would be happening? Do you think that we would have gotten Gunther versus Ricochet on Friday Night SmackDown the way that we got it? Genuinely, genuinely ask yourself, do you think that you would have gotten that type of match? 20 minutes, 20 minutes. It was an NXT TakeOver-like fucking banger on Friday night. Do you think we would have gotten that? Fuck no. Do you think Johnny Gargano would be back in WWE? Johnny Gargano would be Johnny Wrestling in AEW right now. The only reason why he even joined the WWE after laying low, after he walked away, he walked away because of the changes Vince McMahon made to NXT. He joined WWE because Triple H was now the boss. 
Do you think Johnny Gargano would be here if Vince McMahon was still running the show? No. Do you think William Regal would be back as a vice president of the company if Vince McMahon was back? Fuck no. Legato del Fantasma. Do you think we'd be seeing Santos Escobar on the main roster? Santos would have been given his fucking pink slip and would have been future endeavored along with everybody else in that fucking group. Do you think we'd see Zelina Vega with Legato? Fuck no. Karrion Cross, he wouldn't have been hired back. Scarlett would have never been brought back. They gave us the original package of Karrion Cross upon his return. Vince fucking killed it. They put him in a goddamn dominatrix mask. They made him fucking into Super Shredder. They took his wife away from the entire act. They changed the entire presentation of Karrion Cross. He was buried because he was a Triple H project. Do you think Karrion Cross would be back? No. Bray Wyatt. Would Bray Wyatt be back in the WWE? Would there be viral campaigns for Bray Wyatt with QR codes for weeks leading to the White Rabbit reveal? Do you think Vince McMahon would have hired a dedicated horror movie writing staff for Vince, for Bray Wyatt? No, Vince would have never hired any of those people. Triple H did. Triple H did. That's why Bray Wyatt's back. Backstage morale has been the highest it's been in the last decade. Triple H has been focusing on factions and tag teams. Do you think that any of these things would have happened if Vince was still in charge? Genuinely ask yourself these questions. The next time you see Vince McMahon intends to come back, every single one of your answers better be fuck no. Fuck no. He doesn't belong there. His time has come. The company is moving on and doing better than it has been in the last 10 years. Stock is up over $80. Monday Night Raw. Now, football season has been a fucking pain in Triple H's ass. Monday Night Raw, when Vince was in charge, let's go back to early in the year. Monday Night Raw was trending in the one fives with Vince McMahon there. When Monday Night Raw was being led by Triple H before the start of the Monday Night Football season, they were up towards a 2-1. And they will be getting back to that when football season is over. Again, mark my words. Monday Night Raw was up. SmackDown did a 2-4. Probably, probably going to get that again with John Cena back on Friday and then wrestling on the 30th. The, the ratings are better than they have been in years with Triple H. There are an active amount of people that stopped watching the product because of Vince McMahon leading the charge. Those people stopped watching. They came back because Triple H is in charge. They came back because Vince McMahon was not running the show anymore. It doesn't matter who was. I could have been in there and they would have watched the fucking show. As long as Vince wasn't there. So again, I ask, when Vince McMahon intends to come back and you hear stories about Vince McMahon intending to come back, fuck no. Nobody, nobody wants him to come back, and the company would absolutely be destroyed in every sense of the word if Vince McMahon was to come back and stake claim in the WWE again. Let's get into the next story here, guys. We're going to talk about Triple H severely being underwhelmed with some of the talent that he brought back to the company. I want to check on the chat so far here, man. What do we got going on here? Got 2,400 people in the chat. Man, oh man, I'm on fire tonight, man. On fire tonight. Feeling good. 
feeling good. Remember, guys, if you guys want to chat in the comment section here, live, make sure you guys hit that join button, become a channel member, become a VIP. Only way to do that, hit that join button down below. Hit that subscribe button down below as well. Turn on the bell for notifications. And please make sure you guys hit that thumbs up. We are 100 away from 1,000 likes. And make sure you guys get those super chats in. We're going to hang out at the end of the show with our cold beverages. Triple H is severely underwhelmed. With some of the talent that he's brought back to the company, some WWE talent may be in danger of being cut if they don't improve their in-ring work. WrestleVotes reported this week that a handful of the names brought back during the rehiring wave in WWE have underperformed and severely overwhelmed, underwhelmed, severely underwhelmed Triple H since returning to the company. His tweet reads, and I quote, I'm told a handful of talent brought back in the rehiring wave over the summer have underperformed and severely underwhelmed Triple H and others since returning to the company. So far, those names that have been brought back, uh, it seems that they are not safe unless they improve their in-ring slash character work. The list of names that have been brought back are as follows. Karrion Cross, Scarlett, Dexter Loomis, Candice LeRae, Hit Row. The Good Brothers, Braun Strowman, Johnny Gargano, Dakota Kai, Bray Wyatt, Tegan Knox, and Emma. Now, the only names on this list that are safe, as far as I am concerned, is Karrion Cross, Braun Strowman, and Bray Wyatt. Now, I would even I would even go in there and say Johnny Gargano and the Good Brothers as well. Everybody else. Dexter Loomis, possibly Candice LeRae, possibly there are there are some names that are to me are that are underwhelming for sure. Uh, I'm not putting Cross in there. Scarlett Crosser is one. Dexter Loomis, I enjoy Dexter Loomis. We really haven't. Dexter Loomis has killed everything he's been in. He's only had what two matches. He's gonna have a ladder match on Monday. I'm sure he's gonna kill that. Uh, Candice LeRae, I'll get into that in a second. Hit Row, we'll get into them. Uh, the Good Brothers, they've done fine work. Strowman, he's one of the more over returns since being brought back. Johnny Gargano, he ain't going anywhere. Dakota Kai, I mean, depending on who you talk to, damage control really hasn't been great. It actually sucks. So I don't know how to feel about that. Bray Wyatt ain't going anywhere. Tegan Knox, she just got here. She, I, I don't think that she's going to be a, a part of this discussion. And Emma, she's had one match with Ronda Rousey. And that's it. Two matches. with I, I don't know who the fuck she was. Was I Lee? I think. I don't know. Two matches, not really much to really base Emma's work off of, but they have been underwhelming. They have been underwhelming. Cross, the thing with Cross is he's got everything you would want. He's got the size. He's got the girl. He's got the entrance. He's got the promo. He's not bad in the ring. He just needs to to quicken up the pace. That's all he needs to do. Seriously. Cross ain't going anywhere. Neither is Scarlett. Dexter Loomis, he's with Johnny. He ain't going anywhere. Dexter's fucking been great. Candice LeRae, the only problem I have with Candice LeRae, and the reason why it may be underwhelming with Candice LeRae, and that's why I think they've paired her with Johnny and Dexter Loomis now, it may feel underwhelming because she came in and she wasn't known at all on the main roster. Nobody knows Candice LeRae. So she came out, lukewarm reaction, she had to go away for a little bit. I think she was I think she was injured. She comes back. 
and no reaction. Nobody knows who she, who she is. They didn't give any backstory on her. They didn't give a vignette or a fucking side story on nothing. She just got thrown into the fucking fire and they asked her to fucking go out there and swim. And the fans don't know who she is. She never made a main roster appearance. And she's been gone for so long. Who the fuck is she? We know who she is, but the casual audience doesn't know at all. They don't know who they uh, who she is or Tegan Knox was the was the other one. I mean, WWE, they they corrected and rectified what they needed to do is the following week they gave us a little backstory on Tegan Knox, but you know, that came a week too late. That came a week too late for Tegan Knox. And she's gonna be fine. They paired her with Liv Morgan. I do think she will eventually be fine. Hit row. Shiro! Shiro! Disappointing. I'm sorry. They have been absolutely disappointing. And Friday night was every indication uh, proving everybody right. Seriously. Viking Raiders, you know, they have returned to the company with Sarah Logan. Nobody seems to care. It's, it's tough. It really is tough, to be quite honest with you. And Hit Row is going up against the Usos now on Friday night. That is, number one, that they are the only babyface team in that fucking match that uh, would make sense matchup-wise against the Usos, right? They were the only babyface team in that match, even though Legato would probably be a better match for the Usos. And I, I think it was being done as a test. Being done as a test to see how well they are in this Triple H era. If they fail next week, it's over. No doubt about it. Johnny Gargano, he ain't going anywhere. I think Johnny's great. It, it's going to be a little bit before we get Johnny thrown into what we expect Johnny to be excelling at. Braun Strowman... You know, he's going up against Gunther, I would uh, assume, at the Royal Rumble. And I do think that they're building towards that. And I think he's been impressive for the time that he's been there. They booked him pretty decently outside the little hiccup he had on social media. The Good Brothers have been fine. Uh, No real complaints from the Good Brothers. Dakota Kai, I think she's getting the short end of the stick because damage control as a group sucks. And Dakota Kai is there by association. Bray Wyatt ain't going anywhere, even though you may think that they need to speed up the storyline. He ain't going anywhere. Tegan Knox, I mentioned her. Emma, we haven't really seen anything from Emma, so I don't really know how much she's underwhelming. But WWE threw, threw these women out there. Same way. They threw Emma out there, Tegan Knox, They threw Candice LeRae out there. How are we supposed to care if the fans are showing such indifference to all these individuals? It's going to be interesting to see what WWE does with all of these individuals, and who Triple H continues to bring back. I'm hearing Chelsea Green's coming back. I'm hearing this rumor that Deanna Perrazzo could be in the Royal Rumble. You know, it's crazy to think who WWE is still going to bring back to the company. Not everybody's going to be a home run like Bray Wyatt. It's going to take some time. These people have been off of our TV and out of our lives for a lot of months. It's going to take a little bit to get readjusted and familiarized with everybody once again. And Triple H is hoping that by the time we get a draft, everything would be back to where it needs to be. Sasha Banks. This is the part of the show that I wanted to get into. 
and really have a discussion about. Because a lot of people seem to think that Mercedes Vernado is not worth the money that she is asking for. Sasha Banks wanted a WWE contract along the levels of Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair. Good. Sasha Banks should be asking for that type of money. She should absolutely be asking for that type of money because she's worth that type of money. Mercedes Vernado, Sasha Banks, is officially done with the WWE, and it was officially confirmed by sources, multiple sources. WWE still internally has her a part of the company. They probably won't let anybody know until after the new year that they are no longer working with Sasha Banks. WWE and Sasha Banks negotiated her exit months ago after being suspended in May once she walked out of Raw alongside Naomi. This was actually from Raj Geary of Wrestling Inc. I don't think he's with Wrestling Inc. anymore, but Raj Geary, who was with Wrestling Inc., gave everybody the inside scoop about Sasha Banks no longer being with the WWE. A lot of people got on Raj's case because they didn't believe the story to be true. There were a ton of reports that, you know, people were going back and forth with that kind of made Raj look like he might have been wrong, but he stood his ground. And now we got this from multiple different people that Sasha Banks is done with the WWE and Raj and the original report was proven to be correct. And I had to stand firm with Raj in the report and I believe the original report because I don't know why anybody would use that woman's name in a story and put out something like that and risk being wrong, risking all of their credibility in one fucking shot for Sasha Banks. I just don't see anybody doing that unless they have all of their bases covered. Raj had all of his bases covered and put that statement out, and I do believe that he was correct from day one. And he ended up being correct. Her exit is now in effect, and she's finished. Come January, WWE will probably mention that they are no, long, no longer working with Mercedes Varnado. In the latest edition of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, Dave Meltzer confirmed previous reports that a return was discussed following the regime change. There was no way that woman was going to go back to work with Vince McMahon. None. Absolutely none. However, the two sides were believed to have been far apart on the financial side of things. Banks reached a deal over the summer where they agreed to release her as a free agent instead of freezing her contract. However, she couldn't do anything with wrestling until the start of 2023. So they released her, but they said, you ain't going nowhere until January of 2023. This is why we got the announcement of Sasha Banks showing up at Wrestle Kingdom more than likely standing face-to-face with whomever wins that IWGP Women's Championship match and whoever it is, Kyrie Sane, uh, Tam Nakano, I, I don't know who's going to win that match, but I'm assuming that with all the talk of Sasha dreaming of a match with Kyrie, that we're probably going to end up getting that somewhere down the line in 2023. And that's good for her. I'm very happy for her. This past fall, she was in talks with WWE about a return, but it was considered that it was a close to a done deal 
aside from the money figure, and the two sides ended up being far apart. Regarding how much money Banks wanted from WWE, it was top-level numbers. Meltzer wrote, she was said to be seeking a number along the levels of Becky Lynch and along the levels of Charlotte Flair was Sasha Banks. And those internally have said that she wasn't offered anywhere close to those numbers. Sources state that Banks isn't seen as somebody internally who would be on the top for the next five years. Instead, they saw her as someone who could get a singles or tag team title run, but, and get this, folks, this is what really pushed my buttons, and I quote, they saw her as somebody that has peaked as a star, aside from the reality that she was acknowledged, uh, and it was acknowledged that if she would return, there would be a honeymoon period where people would go nuts for her. So she's peaked as a star, aside from the reality that she was to return. If she was to return, there would be a honeymoon period and fans would go crazy over Sasha Banks. That is the most ridiculous fucking thing I have heard all year. Imagine telling somebody, imagine being in that company, thinking that you have Mercedes Varnado on your company, on your company payroll, in your company, at 30 years old, and you going out there making a statement, oh, I think she's peaked as a star. How, how, how do those words come out of somebody's mouth? Now, I don't know who said that. I don't know which administration said that. I'm going to assume that it was the previous administration, which I'll get to in a second, but peaked as a star? Let me tell you all fucking something right now. I get it. I get it. Sasha Banks and Bailey take over Brooklyn, number one. Everything about that match, everything that that match was, is the greatest women's championship match that this company will ever see. There will never be a match like that in the company again. There will never be a match that is as influential as that match ever again in the WWE. If you were to tell me that you thought Sasha Banks peaked at that match for that match with Bayley in Brooklyn, I would not argue with you. But again, I have to ask you in rebuttal, as a, as a counter to your statement there, if you think Sasha peaked in that match, whose fault is that? Do you think that's Sasha Banks' fault? If you think she peaked at TakeOver Brooklyn against Bailey seven years ago, do you think that's Sasha Banks' fault? I don't think that's Sasha Banks' fault. Sasha Banks is working with the WWE. She's contractually binded to WWE. There's only so much that that woman could do, so much that that woman could go out there and express, and so many people for her to work with. If you said she's peaked at Brooklyn seven years ago, that's not Mercedes' fault. That's WWE's fault. That's Vince McMahon's fault. That's creative's fault. Peaked as a star alongside or from the reality, aside from the reality, peaked as a star aside from the reality that she, if was to return, there would be a honeymoon period. How dare you say she's peaked as a star? 
Let me tell you something. There isn't one fucking woman on that roster right now that is a bigger star than Sasha Banks. I'm even including Becky Lynch. Everybody's like, oh, Becky Lynch is a bigger star and this and that. She had a monstrous run and all this other fucking bullshit. Becky Lynch, to me, is not anywhere on the same fucking planet when Sasha, uh, with, with Sasha Banks. When Becky Lynch comes out, I feel, I feel nothing. Becky Lynch, it, to me, honestly, is just like everybody else. She is a dime a fucking dozen. Sasha Banks is not. When Sasha comes out, you f- instantly feel the star power. Sasha Banks is single-handedly responsible for every woman in that division's best match. When you talk about your favorite's best match, Mercedes is a part of it. That's fact. Fact. Charlotte, Alexa, Bianca, Bailey, Asuka, Becky, Naya, Ronda, everybody. Everybody that is a notable name on that Asuka. Asuka. Everybody that is a notable name on that division, in that division, on that roster. Every notable name, when you think of their best match, Mercedes is their best match. So please tell me how she's peaked as a star already at 30 years old when she's single-handedly responsible for basically building your fucking division. I don't understand that. I don't understand it. How words like that came out of somebody's mouth is absolutely fucking criminal, in my honest opinion. Everybody's best match is Sasha Banks. Even your precious Becky Lynch. Every single fucking match, Sasha Banks. No doubt about it. Is that Sasha Banks' fault? That it was stated that she's peaked? No. The best that WWE's did for Sasha Banks is Brooklyn. Look at what they did to tear this woman down. It's a running gag early in her run. Dropping the title to Charlotte. Winning the title from Charlotte. Dropping the title to Charlotte. Winning the title from Charlotte. Winning the title again from somebody else. Dropping it to somebody else. Sasha Banks, outside her last run, never accumulated 30 days holding a women's championship in WWE. Whose fault is that? It's not Sasha. It is WWE. Now, I will say this. WWE says that she is not on the level of Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair. It was considered to be close to a done deal aside from the money figure, and they didn't want to give up the money for Sasha Banks. Internally, they don't think she's going to be a star for the next five years or someone to be on top in the next five years. I've said this for weeks now. I've said this for weeks. If Sasha was to go back to the WWE, what exactly, if she was to come back to the WWE now, what exactly would she be walking back to? What exactly would would she be walking back to that's so drastically different from when she was last there with Naomi? She walked out in May. What's changed? The depth of the division has changed. We got Emma, we got Mia Yim, we got Candice LeRae, we got Io Shirai, we got Dakota Kai, right? We got Tegan Knox back. We're going to add Chelsea Green and Deanna Perrazzo and whoever the fuck Triple H wants to add. There is now depth in the division. 
But what exactly has changed? Has the vibe of the division changed? SmackDown's women's division is fucking abhorrent garbage. I I mean, I feel terrible for anybody that's got to be a part of that fucking soulless and lifeless division. So what exactly would Sasha Banks be walking back into? What exactly would she be walking back into on Monday Night Raw? Yeah, she loves Bailey, and Bailey is Sasha's best friend, but what exactly has changed? Has the stories in WWE jumped off the fucking page? Have they made you fucking excited to a point where you can't wait to watch the women's division? Nothing's changed. The tag team title division is still just as bad as it was when Sasha and Naomi were there. Exactly what would she be walking back to? So for WWE to say that she wouldn't be on top or a star that would be on top for the next five years, look at everybody else that has now ascended past Sasha Banks since she's been gone. Bianca Belair is their bread and butter. Becky Lynch is back to being a babyface. Becky's number one. Bianca's number two. Rhea Ripley, I would consider her number three. Charlotte Flair's coming back. You got Ronda Rousey. Sasha, if she comes back, is going to be a hard number six in that division. Six. She's not six. WWE has given priority to those women, and Sasha Banks knows that. Sasha Banks will be walking back into what? The same exact thing that she was a part of when she was there. They never treated her with utmost respect. They never took her creatively and gave her priority. WWE always ended up giving Sasha Banks the short end of the stick. Every single time. Mid-title reigns, fucking matches that don't really sit with me as memorable on the main roster outside of a handful. Becky Lynch in the Hell in a Cell comes to mind. Her feud with Bayley, right? Uh, the, 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 the moments where she... Carried the fucking brand with Bailey during the COVID era, right? The Ronda match at the Royal Rumble a couple years ago. She brought Ronda to the best match of Ronda's entire WWE run. What has WWE done for Sasha? Mid-title reigns. They took the tag team title reign away from her with Bailey. They had the fucking Iconics. Beat Sasha and Bailey. They gave her and Naomi tag team titles to fuck them over again. What exactly did WWE do that's a thumbs up as far as creative for Sasha Banks? Nothing. Nothing. Yes, I get it. She's flaky. She walks away. But I don't think if you treat that woman with the fucking respect that she wants, the respect that she deserves, she's walking away. Why did she walk away the first time? Because you burnt her the fuck out with Riot Squad matches 51 weeks out of 52 weeks before you gave them the fucking tag team titles and then took them off of them two months later. No wonder she was burnt out. Then she comes back again. Things are different. She turns heel. She puts Bianca over in the main event of WrestleMania. She gets a WrestleMania main event. And then WWE, instead of taking Sasha Banks and elevating Sasha Banks as one of the premier athletes in your division, you give her a tag team title run with Naomi. No matter who they are personally outside of WWE, they aren't a fucking tag team. You give them the tag team titles only to break them up, put them on separate brands, so they feud with Bianca and Ronda going into SummerSlam because you need their help to get the other talent on the roster over. You needed Naomi as a tag team champion 
And I believe this story a thousand percent. You needed Naomi to get Bianca over for the Monday Night Raw Women's Championship. What exactly was Naomi going to do that Sasha didn't do already? You needed Sasha to go feed with Ronda going into SummerSlam, right? You needed Ronda and Sasha again. What exactly is that going to prove? What is that going to do? You're going to ask Sasha to put over Ronda when we all know Ronda's only there for the wrong reasons? Ronda, Ronda herself doesn't even want to be there. Ronda shows up every fucking week showing you exactly that she doesn't want to be there. There's no life coming off of Ronda. But you want Sasha to go put Ronda over. Meanwhile, she's already done that. Been there, done that. And your tag team champions, by the way, would be both losing individual matches. So when they were given the tag team championships, they wanted to build the championships up as prestigious and get the division back on track. Meanwhile, you're taking them, splitting them up, not having them do anything tag team related, having them lose to put other talent over and then lessen them and the tag team titles. No wonder they walked away. Do you blame her? Do you blame Naomi? I know I fucking don't. Yes, I get it. She's flaky. Again, I ask, whose fault is that? WWE. So for them to say, hey, I don't think we see Sasha Banks on top for the next five years. We can't even trust her to be here or show up to work. And if she gets fucking angry, she's going to end up walking away. I get it. Don't fucking anger her. Give her something that she's going to enjoy doing. You know, the one thing, I don't know Mercedes at all. I know people that know people that know people that know Mercedes. She is somebody that wants things to make sense. She wants things to make sense. She wants things to be logical. She wants to make memories. She wants to be a part of history-changing moments. What exactly is she going to do if she goes back to the WWE? Nothing. Nothing. Charlotte Flair is making more money than Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks is peaked at 30 years old, but you mean to tell me, being the youngest of all the horsewomen, that she's peaked before Charlotte Flair? Charlotte Flair has won the same fucking championship 14 different fucking times, and you're asking me and telling me that Sasha Banks has peaked, but Charlotte Flair has not. I don't see how that statement is even factually fucking, you know, here, being discussed. How is that a fucking statement out of anybody's mouth? Ronda is still there. You're paying Ronda to do what exactly? The division is worse with Ronda there. She's put over nobody. She sucks at her job. She can't cut a promo. Nobody wants to see her. She was brought in for name value to bring the division to the next level. The division has gone the opposite way. But Sasha Banks is not worth the type of money that Ronda Rousey is supposedly making. And Ronda Rousey is not even a fucking pro wrestler. She's a fucking disease to the division. Who doesn't want to be there? She doesn't respect anything. She don't give a fuck about anything or anybody. And she doesn't want to put over anything or anybody. She's basically there there to carry the title as a prop to hold it for the next fucking person. But Sasha can't make more money than Ronda. I I don't understand that. No, but Ronda hasn't peaked though, right? Ronda peaked at WrestleMania when she dropped the title to Becky. That was when Ronda's last match really fucking mattered. No, but Sasha's peaked at 30 years old. You fucking break. The most absolutely ridiculous fucking thing that I've ever heard in my entire life is Sasha Banks peaking at 30 years old. Maybe one of the most ridiculous statements I've heard all year. Instead, they saw her as 
Someone who can get a singles or tag team title run peaked as a star. It would be a honeymoon period where people would go nuts for her and then it would die down and everybody would, you know, go back to doing what they did before. As far as Naomi, her future is still up in the air. In the latest edition of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, Dave Meltzer reported that nothing has been said about Naomi. We were told that she has to make a decision soon. Originally, Naomi wanted to return to WWE with Banks as a tag team, but with the situation drawing out, it became a case of her needing to decide whether she wanted to sit at home or go somewhere else or return without Banks. With Banks gone from WWE, it will be interesting to see what Naomi does. Now, there was a news article on Sasha Banks and how much money she actually is being paid by Bushiroad and New Japan Pro Wrestling. And what WWE is not opting to pay Sasha Banks, which they could. They could give Sasha Banks whatever the fuck they want, but they are refusing to give Sasha Banks anywhere close to Charlotte Flair money, which is absolutely fucking ludicrous, if you ask me. Voices of Wrestling is reporting that New Japan has been working on a limited appearance deal that will have a fee that would be significantly higher for Sasha than it was for Chris Jericho when he worked New Japan Pro Wrestling a few years ago and make her the highest paid Bushiroad contracted wrestler. Bushiroad is the parent company of New Japan and Stardom. It's unclear whether she signed a deal yet. While speaking on The Observer, Meltzer discussed the report. He says, and I quote, Voices of Wrestling said that it was a per-appearance deal and the highest price that Bushiroad has ever paid anyone. They said it was more than Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho made $100,000 a shot when he was working for New Japan and $100,000 a shot. She's going to have to. With Chris Jericho, he actually was underpaid because of how much revenue he drove between New Japan World and ticket sales at the different shows and things like that. I don't see her driving that type of revenue, but I guess we'll find out soon. The Tokyo Dome may be one thing, but for other shows and a lot of them in the United States, I don't see where she's going to drive $100,000 of extra revenue. Now, Jericho actually saw this report and called it out on Twitter as he clarified that he was paid according to the event in New Japan. He also claimed that he made more money from each event than he did for most of his WrestleMania matches. He says, and I quote, for the record, the money I reportedly made during my run with New Japan from 2018 to 2020 online currently is completely wrong. I never had a flat per appearance deal. I was paid according to the event. And I made her, I made more per event than I did for most of my WrestleMania matches, end quote. So Jericho put a uh, kibosh on that rumor and that speculation there, which is good for him. But uh, listen, if Bushiroad is going to pay Sasha Banks to show up and wrestle for them, good for Sasha Banks. You know, she was doing uh, conventions, right? What was she What was she doing for conventions, right? She was doing what? Uh, $30,000 per appearance for these conventions. You know, a lot of people, including me, said that she uh, undervalued herself, 30000 I would have said fifty, sixty thousand 60000 for fucking Sasha Banks, and people would have paid it. Seriously, people would have balked at it. People would have said, oh, that's too much money. That's ridiculous. But somebody out there would have paid Sasha Banks that type of money for her to appear doing whatever. She undershot herself. She's taking a chance on herself, walking away from WWE where she knows that nothing is going to change if she comes back. There's nothing more for her to do in WWE. Nothing. Nothing's changed. 
Nothing is enticing her to come back. Why would she come back? You know, a lot of people are, why don't she go back and blah, blah, blah. There's nothing for her. She's done everything. So what she's going to do now is she's going to go do what she needs to do. Mercedes is going to go out there and do what she needs to do. And you know what? She's going to go out there, perform at a high level. She's going to command whatever fucking money she wants, and she's going to get it. She's going to spend a couple of years on the indies. She's going to join New Japan. She may wrestle for AEW when all is said and done. She may be there for a year or two. She'll go back to WWE at the ripe age of 33, 34, and she'll be better off for it. Hopefully by then things will change. Hopefully by then the absence of Sasha Banks makes WWE's heart grow fonder. And if she's making the type of money that she thinks she deserves. When she goes back to WWE, she's going to force WWE to pay her because I don't think WWE wants to let her go anyway. I don't. I've said this for weeks. Whatever was said, the fucking fact that, oh, I don't see Sasha Banks as being a star in the next five years and, you know, all this other shit. She's reached her peak. Sasha Banks has reached her... You know who said that? There's not a fucking person in that company right now that is going to let Sasha Banks walk out of the... Do you genuinely think Triple H is going to let Sasha Banks walk out of the company? Genuinely. I don't think so. I think whatever you read, I think whatever you read came from the past administration. That is my choice. That is my opinion on that. Whatever was said, the reaching of the fucking peak and the fact that they're not going to pay her and this and that, guarantee you... This was Johnny Ace. Guaranteed. There's not one single fucking person that can look me in the fucking eye and tell me that Triple H and his team said this about Sasha Banks. Absolutely no fucking way. I don't believe that for a fucking second, man. I don't believe it ever. Johnny Ace, Johnny Ace, that scumbag himself, Johnny Ace, and the Vince McMahon administration said that about Sasha Banks. Vince, Bruce, Johnny Ace, they are responsible for Sasha Banks being low-balled. They are responsible for the fucking ridiculous statement that she's peaked at only 30 years old. They are the ones that don't want to pay Sasha Banks more than their fucking golden ticket in Charlotte Flair. Why? Because they were notorious for choosing favorites. Sasha Banks was never one of their favorites. Just go back to see how they booked her in the last seven fucking years. Who their favorite is. It's not Sasha Banks. It's not Sasha Banks. Tell you that right now. Good for Sasha. Good for Sasha. Get out. WWE will always be there. Always. If they lowballed her... And she's upset at that. And they negotiated that when Vince was in charge. Fine. This is what Triple H said. There was a breakdown of communication. There was a breakdown of communication. At that point, she already made her decision. She already made her decision. This is what I think is going on. There was a breakdown of communication with the past administration to a point where it angered her so much that she said, fuck this shit. I want out. I'm going to go do what I got to do. And I'm going to make the money that I believe I deserve. At that point, it was too late for Triple H to do anything because she already had made up her mind. She sees Triple H in charge. She mulls it over and she thinks it over. She sees what's going on. I want to work for Triple H. Triple H is in charge. I want to be there. I know he'll take care of me and this and that. But she sees 
what's going on right now. There's no change. Who are you going to go back to wrestle? Mia Yim? No. Candlest LeRae? No. You're going to go out and you're going to experience Kyrie and everybody want to wrestle in stardom. And the option of AEW is there. Soraya and Britt Baker, Tony Storm, Thunder Rosa, Chris Statlander. You have the choice to do whatever you want. You could even go to AEW and start a whole new revolution. You did it the first time, and you got Paige Soraya there as well, who was also a part of that when you were there. There's so many things for her to do. And this is why I said on social media, the fact that they did not want to pay her is ridiculous. They chose not to. They chose not to. Johnny Ace and the old administration chose not to. And I don't like using the R word. I don't. But it... It does make WWE a little a little racist, honestly, that they don't want to pay Sasha Banks, but Ronda and Becky and Charlotte and everybody else is making that type of money. And the old administration said, fuck no, goodbye. No, but we'll pay we'll pay all these other women uh, what what, uh, what they want, but not Sasha Banks, no. Forget about it. Triple H, there's no fucking way that Triple H is going to let Sasha Banks walk. No way. She'll be back. She's going to go make her money. And then when she comes back, she has no choice. Or WWE has no choice but to pay her. Because she's going to be making that type of money that WWE didn't want to give her somewhere else. And then at that point, she'll probably get a raise. She'll probably end up getting a raise. Good for her. A Mercedes scorned on the indies. A Mercedes that we haven't seen in WWE that was handcuffed by the fucking WWE way of life. It's going to be a beautiful thing to watch in 2023. William Regal. Quick note on William Regal. William Regal will assume vice president role when he returns to WWE. This is a great move. He will be theoretically the right-hand man of Triple H. PW Insider reported that William Regal has come to terms with WWE and he will officially start in WWE the first week of January. It was added that Regal will have a vice president position. Before William Regal was let go this past January, he worked as the NXT general manager and a scout for WWE, as well as wearing several other hats as he was considered to be Triple H's right-hand man while running NXT Creative. Matt Riddle. We're going to wind uh, wind down here with a couple more stories. Matt Riddle, I got a story on Matt Riddle. We got uh, NXT news and notes. And we got one AEW Dynamite and Rampage potential change coming in 2023. Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle was taken off TV a couple weeks ago as WWE is getting ready for 2023. We won't be seeing Matt Riddle on TV for the next six weeks as it was announced on the December 9th episode of SmackDown. It was stated that Riddle was going to miss six weeks of action following an attack from Solo Sokoa on Raw. Now, this is not the real reason that Matt Riddle was off television for the next six weeks, nor is it the first time that WWE's had to write him off television or delay plans. Over the summer, WWE had originally planned for Matt Riddle to have a match at SummerSlam against Seth Rollins, but the match was pushed back to Clash at the Castle. It was reported that at the time uh, of the reason for the change was due to a new creative direction. Sources have said to Bodyslam.net, who originally broke this story, Cassidy Haynes of Bodyslam.net, 
that the reason for pushing the match back was because Matt Riddle failed a drug test leading up to SummerSlam. This was also the last test under Vince McMahon's regime. With Vince no longer in charge, a new career of direction was taken regarding Riddle, and his big match against Rollins was postponed until Clash of the Castle. Additionally, I was told, says Cassidy Haynes, that the company informed Riddle at the time that another failed drug test would result in rehab or fired. Situation is similar to what happened with Jeff Hardy previously. This leads us to Matt Riddle's most recent six-week television write-off. I was able to confirm that the reason that WWE wrote Riddle off TV is because he failed another drug test and will be sent to rehab. The belief going around is that he already has entered treatment or will be going in as soon as most programs run for 30 days and he would need to be finished up in time to return in six weeks. I asked for clarification on what exactly came up on the failed test, but it should be noted that WWE no longer tests for marijuana. So clearly, WWE caught something else in his system. God knows what it would be, but it was not marijuana as they do not test for that as they are a little laxed on that, being that it is uh, legal in most states now. Matt Riddle's camp. Sources close to Matt Riddle say that he is not in rehab. They deny he's going into rehab after failing his second drug test this year. So, in The Observer, Meltzer reported that one source close to Riddle denied the story, saying he was taking time off because of pressure of going through a divorce. I find that to be very funny that Cassidy Cassidy Haynes actually reported this uh, during the week and backed it up and said, you know, this is funny that this other story came out. I stand by my report. And he put his feet uh, down firmly, saying that this is legitimately the reason that Matt Riddle's being taken off television. So I find it funny that Matt Riddle's camp is now trying to uh, damage control this. They don't want him to have a bad look. And they say that he is now going through the pressure of a divorce. Really? He's failed a drug test before. What makes you think that he's now, uh, you know, going through a pressure of a divorce? You know, if he failed a drug test once, you know, more than likely he's going to be a repeat offender. Seriously. You know, I, all, all these stories, I, I find it funny that all these stories, these follow-up stories, always try to paint these guys in good light. Who gives a fuck? You know, I, everybody tries to hide. Like, who cares? He, he's going into drug rehab. Fine. We would rather know that he's in fucking rehab, getting better, instead of you fucking lying for him and trying to cover up something that clearly isn't true. Give me a fucking break. If he's in rehab, actually a lot more people will respect the fact that he's going to rehab and trying to get himself straight because I don't understand why the fuck he's trying to destroy and throw away his WWE run. He's one of the most talented guys that they got there. He's throwing it all away for what? For what? A quick fix. It's a disease. I hope he gets his head straight. I really do. A third time, he's finished. Matt Riddle is back and he fucks up again, he's done. He's not Jimmy, he's not Jey Uso. One more time, he's done. They were going to fire him now if he didn't go to fucking rehab. One more time and he's done. I hope that whatever he is going through gets fixed and fast. I just hope that he's healthy coming out of this. I really do. Is 30 days going to be enough? Going through a divorce. 
I would rather you be open and honest with me instead of trying to cover up something that clearly many people are saying is true. Bobby Lashley's no longer fired by WWE. He fired Adam Pearce did. Bobby Lashley at the end of Monday Night Raw on Monday, they let out a statement or Adam Pearce put out a Twitter video and rescinded Bobby Lashley's termination and I sincerely apologize for my part in escalating an already volatile situation. That's what Pierce said in regards to Bobby Lashley. So I don't know where they're going with this. Clearly, it is a storyline. I don't know where they're going with Bobby Lashley. I said either one of two things. Brock Lesnar is going to come back and fucking be Adam Pierce's justice here, or the Hurt Business is going to eventually get back together and Bobby Lashley's going here. I don't know. Don't know where they're going, but Bobby Lashley was fired on Monday, and by Wednesday, he was unfired on social media. Roxanne Perez won the NXT Women's Championship on Tuesday's NXT. As we all know, Mandy Rose got fired. Perez won the match clean with her finish, Pop Rocks. And the show ended with her celebrating with the title. Mandy Rose's title reign ended at 413 days. The rainbow titles in NXT are being replaced. Good. Belt Fan Dan, who has broke stories on belts about championships on social media, Recently noted that on Twitter, WWE is going away from having rainbow colors on the NXT titles and will be replaced with the old design. Dan said, we're on the street. Is the rainbow NXT belts are going to be replaced with the non-colored ones that we saw prior. Good. Good. They brought the rainbow colors to the fold when NXT 2.0 launched, and I couldn't stand looking at them. Imagine Braun Breaker. Imagine looking at Braun Breaker carrying around a fucking Fruity Pebbles colored title. Do you think that makes him look fucking serious? Holy fucking shit, man. If there's one thing that NXT has done right in the last two years, this is it. Good. Doesn't mean black and gold's coming back because we got the black and gold titles. It just means things are going to look a little bit more normal on Tuesday night. Cameron Grimes. To the moon, Cameron Grimes. We may be seeing him on the main roster soon. Uh, Cameron Grimes, according to Fightful Select, is expected to be called up from NXT to the main roster. It is unclear when this will happen, though. I could see Grimes actually being held off until the Royal Rumble and him being in the Royal Rumble. So Grimes being called up to the main It's time. It's time. And Triple H, you know... Triple H is going to let NXT do what they got to do. I read a report today that Triple H is going to let NXT do what they got to do and leave them enough time to write people off on television before he takes them and puts them on either Raw or SmackDown, which is great because Vince would take them. Vince would legitimately take somebody who's in the middle of a fucking storyline, whether they're a champion or not, from NXT and say, I want this guy on the main roster. But, but Vince, he's a champ. I don't care. I want him on the main roster. Triple H is speaking highly of him. We have to bury him. It's exactly what they did. No matter who you were, champion or not, Vince would pluck you, put you on the main roster, and fucking have his way with you, even if you're in a storyline on NXT television. So it's good to know that Triple H is not going to be doing something like that. But Grimes is a former North American champion. He has been there for three years in NXT. And the most notable thing he's done, honestly, is that North American Championship title run and the Million Dollar Championship as well, battling L.A. Knight with uh, the 
million dollar championship and Ted DiBiase being involved. Good. It's about time. You just know when someone's, you know, ready to be called up. Cameron Grimes is more than ready to be called up. And I don't know where, where we go with Cameron Grimes, you know, with the whole rich boy, Southern whole shtick that he was doing. I liked that. I, I really did. But I, I'm very fearful that with Baron Corbin mixing it up with JBL and the whole money gimmick and the wrestling god and all this other shit, him playing poker and drinking. I have a feeling that Cameron Grimes, I hope to God I'm wrong. I really do. I have a feeling Cameron Grimes is going to join Monday Night Raw and be associated with Baron Corbin and JBL. And if that's the case, he's dead on arrival. And I hope that's not the fucking case at all. Please, please, for the love of God, no. No. He deserves a lot better than that. Please, something a lot better than Baron Corbin and JBL. Dynamite. I got two new I got two notes on AEW. First of all, I thought Dynamite on Wednesday, Winter's Coming was great. Great show, right? I felt changes in the show. Mike Mansberry is somebody that you're going to be hearing a lot about. Mike Mansberry is basically the best way for me to put it is Kevin Dunn for AEW. And we talked about this on Wednesday. Jesse and I talked about this on Wednesday. Some technical glitches that we had on the show with Jesse's camera being frozen, but we got our point across about what Mike Mansbury means to AEW. Him being in AEW and him giving the production a better feel, better flowing show, everything kind of slowed down a little bit, things were allowed to breathe. I felt some of that on Wednesday, and I know you guys did as well when I called it out. You're like, you know what? I actually saw that too. Mike Mansbury needs to run the show the way Mike Mansbury wants to run the show. If everybody's going to start whispering in his ear about how to do things, do this, do that, do this, do that, it's not going to be a different AEW. And I honestly think after three years going in their fourth year now, we need a different AEW. Not drastically different, but something that's going to be a little bit more precise, a little bit more compact as far as Dynamite is concerned. Then I read this story. We got the Mike Mansbury inclusion now. He's there. He's Kevin Dunn for AEW, right? Then I read a report that AEW is set to make changes to Dynamite and Rampage starting in January with Mike Mansbury being the vice president of global television production. He is now going to be, uh, he's the senior vice president and co-executive producer. He was the vice president of global television production for WWE. He was somebody that was going to take Kevin Dunn's position. In WWE. Dave Meltzer reported that part of the deal is that Warner Brothers Discovery and Tony Khan have decided to change the look of Dynamite and Rampage. They planned, they planned to change uh, these two shows and they go into effect in January at some point. The extent of these changes is currently unknown. It could be simple changes like graphics or more extreme changes like new stage setup or increased production value. People in WWE were quite high on Mike Mansbury, but Dunn covertly made his life very difficult when he started to rise up the ranks too quickly. I wonder why. Kevin Dunn felt threatened that Mike Mansbury was going to take his job. Younger, more attractive guy is going to take his position. So he made his life difficult, and then Mike Mansbury said, fuck this shit, I'm out, peace. After starting with WWE in 2009, Mansbury had earned a vice president title by 2016 before departing in 2020. What type of changes do you want to see to AEW television? 
Rampage and Dynamite need to look like two separate shows. I don't know what we do. I don't know how we get there. Different colored ring ropes have a standard blue mat on one show and a black mat on the other. If Rampage is going to be airing at 10 p.m., it needs to be a little bit more adult-themed. Like, I would love a black mat on Rampage. Different colored ropes. I think a different stage setup for Dynamite would be great. I don't know how it's going to work if they're going to fill Rampage and Dynamite in the same night, so they're probably going to use the same assets, but they need to have two distinct looks. That's a start. New theme music. We've been hearing that, you know, let go of the boom or whatever the fuck they say, you know, uh, in the Dynamite theme. We need a new theme song. We need new uh, new graphics for Dynamite. And just the whole night. The whole night. We've been saying, we've been seeing and hearing the same shit for three years now. Change is good. Especially with Mike Mansbury wanting to change the direction of how things are produced. You got to go along with that and add the proper changes to the show. I think that would be great. Seriously. Whatever it is I'm excited about because fans have been asking for this. Seriously. Fans have been asking for this for quite some time. And I'm glad to see that Warner Brothers Discovery is in, you know, in agreement here with Tony Khan about changing things up to make the show better. We all want a better Dynamite. We don't want to complain about Dynamite. Dynamite is great. We love Dynamite. So hopefully they make the changes and it's better for the show. And finally, guys, one of the big things that happened on AEW television was Chris Jericho put over Action Andretti. Apparently this was a very Razor Ramon and 123Kid-esque showing on Dynamite. Chris Jericho actually planned to put over Action Andretti for several months. So Andretti was able to roll up Jericho for the win on Dynamite. Very good match. I think Meltzer gave it like four and a half stars, to be honest with you. Meltzer spoke about how much the match came to be. I noted that Jericho thought Action would be a star, so he planned to put him over months ago. The story behind this is that Action Andretti had a match on one of the streaming shows, Dark, on October 7th against QT Marshall. And Jericho was watching the match and decided that at that moment that Action Andretti is going to be a star. He decided that he was going to make him a star. This was way back. He had all this stuff to do. He was in the Claudio feud. He had these other matches. This match on this date, this was not something where it was decided yesterday. This was weeks and weeks and weeks ago. The date was decided on the day of Action Andretti and the QT match. Andretti's win has been compared to the 1-2-3 kid against Razor Ramon on WWE Raw. Fightful previously reported that Andretti was under an agreement with AEW since October, but it's unknown if it was full-time or part-time. Tony Khan made Andretti all elite after Wednesday's win over Chris Jericho. You know, I, I don't really need to sit here and boast about how great Chris Jericho is. I said this all year. We got John Moxley as the number one MVP for AEW, and right under him, within a fucking cunt's hair of John Moxley, is Chris Jericho as number two. Chris Jericho has been absolutely invaluable to AEW. Absolutely. And for all the people that say Jericho buries this, that I seen a report from Ringside News that Jericho buried the Ring of Honor title. And he buried everybody that he, that he wrestled with the Ring of Honor. That could not be any further from the fucking truth. It could not. Because it all resulted in Claudio 
getting a huge blow-off and winning the championship the right way after they fucked it up the first time when he beat Jonathan Gresham. How could that even be a report by anybody is fucking beyond me. Jericho once again proves to be the MVP because not only does he care about the future of the fucking company as far as the talent is concerned, he cares about the fucking company. Somebody like that who's at this level still at his age. It's very easy for them to say, I'm Chris Jericho, I can do whatever the fuck I want. This is my fucking company, this is my show, and this and that. He goes out there and puts over fucking somebody I never heard of before Wednesday, and the guy signed an AEW contract that same day. He put over Action Andretti, and now everybody knows who Action Andretti is because Chris Jericho made that man's fucking career. When Action Andretti is 60 years old and he's fucking retired, he's going to think back to this past Wednesday on Dynamite. That will be the biggest highlight of his fucking career. Chris Jericho. He's got Chris Jericho to thank for that. So all the Chris Jericho hate, you can see that shit at the fucking door. I will have no part of it at all. And Jericho just proved once again why he is right under John Moxley as the MVP of AEW for 2023. Guys, that's all I got. Hopefully you enjoyed today's podcast. Hopefully you enjoyed what I had brought to the table today. I really enjoyed today's show. There were a lot of stories that I wanted to get out there for you guys because I didn't have a lot of time this week. And uh, we're going to be hitting the videos hard this w- the, the, the next two weeks, man. There's, uh, you know, December is usually the, the best month for ads as far as YouTube content creators are concerned. I want to get a lot of videos out. And I know Christmas is coming up on Sunday, this, this coming Sunday. I probably will not be doing a Sunday podcast on Christmas. I refuse to. So... I am going to do a lot of stuff during the week. And I'm going to give you guys the content that you want during the week. And then we're going to take, we're going to take Sunday off. I may have something on Saturday early afternoon, like real, like morning, early afternoon before I do any Christmas Eve related activities, but we're going to get some content out this week. And then the next week, same thing for New Year's, same thing. So this is more than likely the last show that you will see for the year. I would like to get something together where we discuss some of the biggest storylines in all of pro wrestling with uh, a couple people in the community. I don't know if I'm going to be able to put that together, but I like to do a big uh, blow-off. There's things I want to do. I just can't facilitate them, you know? But anyway, hopefully you enjoyed the show. Hit that thumbs up. We got 1,000 likes, man. I appreciate you, man. 1,000 likes. We got uh, 1,100. 11.39, 11.41. Thank you guys very much for the 1,000 likes. Uh, Super Chats are open. Get them on in. Seems to be a slow night tonight, so it looks like we're going to be in and out of here with the Super Chats. And we got five new members tonight, man. I appreciate you guys. Tonight's show is sponsored by Manscaped. Our friends over at Manscaped are helping you clear your driveway for safe travels this holiday season. From stocking stuffers to white elephants, Manscaped's products are at the top of everybody's wish list. Grab some crop mops for your pops or the body buffer for the holiday lover. Win this year's white elephant gift and help all the men in your life go from eggnog to nice hog this December by going to manscaped.com, code script20 at checkout for 20% off and free shipping, man. The Platinum Package 4.0 is the one-stop shop for all your holiday needs. 
Manscaped has shampoos, body washes for upstairs and downstairs. They got deodorant. They got gels, exfoliants, absolutely everything that you need to keep clean. We got the Shears 2.0. It's a new product by Manscaped. It's their full kit for nail care. Comes with scissors, clippers, tweezers, a file for the traveling man. They got their new Preserve Cologne that brings a light breeze, woodsy feel, and it gives that fresh tree scent even after the holidays are over. You guys still using a loofah? I hope the fuck not. Manscaped's got the body buffer. Loofahs actually hold bacteria, and they're disgusting. Tons of dead skin in loofahs, guys. You don't want that. Help throw them out. And get rid of that disgusting loofah and get the body scrubber that feels smoother but acts tougher. Lastly, top off with a stocking stuffer with the crown jewel for their family jewels in the lawnmower 4.0. This electric razor is skin safe technology. It's a life changer and known for reducing nicks and cuts on Santa's sack. Manscaped this year to make the holiday shopping a fun one by giving products that everybody's going to love and make them laugh. 20% off, guys. Free shipping. Code script 20. I want to thank Manscaped, as always, for sponsoring the show. Manscaped, the perfect gift that will be the holiday's biggest hit. I want to thank Manscaped, man. Hopefully, we're back with Manscaped next year. Love Manscaped. Follow me on social media, at JD from NY206, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. We're nearing 14,000 followers on TikTok. Thank you guys very much. Continue to hit that thumbs up and hit that subscribe button down below and turn on the bell for all notifications. Let's get into the Super Chats, guys. Number one, we got Nick Williams. Nick motherfucking Williams with a $20 Super Chat. There are two things I grew up with, and that's WWE and Pokemon anime. I've been very sad that the anime decided to retire Ash Ketchum after 25 years. Thank you guys for making me smile after I've been sad all weekend. Nick, I'm sorry to hear that, brother. I've actually become a big Pokemon fan myself, man. I'm addicted to Pokemon Go, man. I got to catch them all. Did community day all day today, man. I got some decent Pokemon today. I was very excited about that. But Nick, thank you for the $20, man. I appreciate you. The Dud with the $2 Super Chat. JD, are you going to watch Wrestle Kingdom? Uh, I may have to. I'm not going to watch all of it, but I may, I may have to tune in and see what the fuck's going on, man. Especially if Sasha's going to be there and Kenny Omega and Will Ospreay. Take my money. Lord Jay Coyle with 14 months in the VIP club. Thank you, Jay. Alter Bridge was great last week. Had to rep OTS while I was there. I just wish they played more songs from Pawns and Kings. Still an amazing show regardless. Yeah, man, I hope they play uh, I hope they play uh, This Is War when I go see them. I'm going to see them uh, February 2nd in, uh, in Long Island. Or on Long Island. Um, this Is War. I hope they play the title track. I hope they play Fable of the Silent Sun. Uh, but you can't go wrong, bro. And I know Tremonti. I think Tremonti is coming to New York uh, relatively soon. Might be around the same time uh, doing his Sinatra deal. And if that's the case, absolutely going, man. I heard uh, he's playing 
some of these uh, smaller towns in Florida. I think he's going to hit Orlando on the 29th. I, I, I'd love to see him sing. I really do. Singing Mark, uh, singing, um, Tremonti singing uh, Sinatra, Frank Sinatra. Unbelievable. The Dud becomes a new member. Thank you, brother. What are you drinking, Dud? Also, what a $5 super chat. If Mercedes becomes all elite, I hope it's water under the bridge for her and Soraya. There is no, uh, there's no problems there anyway, bro. There's no problems at all. When Soraya made her return to AEW, the first person she texted, I believe, was Sasha Banks. Sisters for life, man. Vin Cloud with a new membership. DGK Dog with a new membership. What are you gentlemen drinking tonight, man, to celebrate? Appreciate you. Michelle Moran with a $2 Super Chat. If we do Cody Roman at WrestleMania, what do we do with Seth? Don't care. Carmelo Hayes. Cody Snyder with a $5 Super Chat. Vince, you're fired. Keep him out. Get him out. Get him out. Sean Watkins with 13 months. OTS for life. Thank you, Sean. Eugene Morgan with a $5 super chat. My mother's basement venue won't be complete without a pillow with Jade Cargill's face on it. Bro, I won't even give her the fucking satisfaction of being featured in my venue, bro. Twisted. 1077 with a 10 months. Man, if Goldberg is brought back to Barry Wyatt again, I'll murder my TV. Keep up the great work, JD. I've been a fan since the pen and paper intro. That's a long fucking time, bro. That was a great that was a great logo. Got my boy Isaac to do that one all those years ago, man. Side wrestle with a 199 super shot. If Sasha goes to AW, who should be her first feud? I don't know. Maybe Brit. Eugene with five months. It was professional for Mandy to drop the belt, but unprofessional for her to lie about being caught off guard. We don't know, bro. I said that on. Uh, I, I said that with Jesse on Wednesday uh, when we did the extra with Mandy Rose. You know, you got to give Mandy props. She. I don't know when she found out she was gonna be fired, but. She went in there, she dropped the title to Roxanne, she put over Roxanne, and that was that was good. That's all we could really ask for, honestly. Jarrett Hopfinger with a $2 super chat. Mandy Rose was like Eva Marie. I knew it. Simp City. Bro, Mandy Rose is nothing like, nothing like Eva Marie. Now, come on. Eugene Morgan with a $5 super chat. If Mandy could make 250 grand off her internet site, Sasha would make a million a month. Some of the big names out there could make a killing. I know. But Sasha is too good for that. Robert Hurt with a 21 months. JD, do you see Ruby Soho winning gold in AEW? No. Shane Brown with a $5 super chat. I think Sasha Banks going somewhere else will do more good for her and her career. Give her some longevity, then come back to WWE anyways. That's exactly what's going to happen, bro. I think Sasha's going to go make her money. She's going to go back to WWE in a couple of years. She's going to make that money that uh, she did not see previously. 
and she's going to be paid. Whatever she's asking for, she's going to make it. And then WWE is going to be forced to give her that money because clearly they didn't want to lose her. I, I, don't, I don't believe they wanted to lose her to begin with. Garner Hara with a three months. Thank you, brother. What are you drinking tonight, man? Happy holidays, OTS fam. Cheers to the ace of the IWC. Was at SmackDown last night. Gunther versus Ricochet was the best IC title match in recent memory. It was awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Linda Carter with a $5 super chat. I honestly think Sasha, Naomi, Mandy, Sonya are all finally taking their careers into their own hands and not actually depending on WWE anymore. Sonya? What is Sonya doing? Sonya's on one of those sites too. Israel with a $5 super chat. Hey, JD, I totally agree with all on podcast about Sasha Banks. We know she will be better off going to Japan and wrestling and be happy. WWE lost. Yeah, man, it's their loss. It is their loss, no doubt about it. Grimsley with a $5 super chat. Hey, man, I've been in the gym trying to become more comfortable with myself. Hope all is well. I've still been watching, but not live. 1,000 likes minimum. Thank you, Grimsley. We've hit the 1,000 likes tonight, man. M. James, 2,000 with a $5 super chat. What are top five guys you'd like to see Edge face before he retires? Personally, i like to see him face KO, Gargano, Champa, and one more go with Cena. I'd like to see a KO match. I'd love to see a Champa match. I'd love to see uh, another Cena match for sure. Uh, I'd love to see Lesnar and Edge. One more. I'd like to see maybe Austin Theory. Honestly, Austin Theory and Edge, I think that'd be great. Joseph King with a $5 super chat. In an interview with Sean Ross Sapp, Jay White mentioned that Sasha would make a great member of the Bullet Club. What do you think of that? Sasha could do whatever the fuck she wants, man. If Jay White wants Sasha Banks in the Bullet Club, then Jay White's got great taste. Tyson Cook with three months. Thank you, Tyson. Sasha Banks is in two of the top five first ever matches in WWE. Bailey and her plus Charlotte and her in Hell in a Cell. The Charlotte Hell in a Cell match was not good. I, I, I did not like that Hell in a Cell match. The Becky Hell in a Cell match was better. And I stand by what I said. Every best match from your favorite in WWE, Sasha Banks was standing on the other side of the ring. Danny Boy, 1320, $2 Super Chat. 2022 has been a crazy year. Bro, I honestly think 2023 is going to be even crazier. Believe it or not. I just have a weird feeling that 2023 is going to be even more crazier. DGK Dog with a 499. I fully support Sasha. I can't argue with anyone who thinks she's the best. I dislike seeing her fans hating on Becky, though, for no reason. Bro, the, the, the internet, the, the super fans, the stands of these women, bro, they are absolutely sickening. Sickening. They're not even human beings. Furious Nation with a $10 super chat. What's up, JD? I would absolutely agree regarding Sasha. She takes the McIntyre and Cody Rhodes route, reinvents herself on the indies, and then goes back to WWE. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. No. No. WWE's machine is going to keep on rolling, bro. 
Sasha Banks is going to be a better Sasha Banks when she returns, and WWE is going to get a better Sasha Banks, and Sasha Banks is going to get what she wants out of it as well. It's going to be a great deal. Thank you for the 10, bro. Dan from the 1990s with a three-month. Thank you for the VIP club, bro. WWE had a megastar in Sasha, and they dropped the ball. Honestly, it's disappointing. But it proves how stupid Vince was by picking favorites. The old administration was absolutely. You are not going to convince me otherwise, man. The old administration was the reason for that. And Francisco with a $5 super chat. JD, I got hit by a drunk driver yesterday. I'm in the hospital healing up. Thank you for keeping me entertained while sitting in this place. OTS for life. Francisco, I'm very sorry to hear that, brother. That is fucking awful. I hate hearing shit like that, man. I deal with alcoholism in my family every day, bro. I'm sorry to hear that, man. I'm glad I could I could be here while you're laid up in the hospital getting better, man. I'm 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 hopeful you're going to come out of it 100%, and I'm glad I could take your uh, your mind off of what's going on, bro, for a couple hours. Seriously. Thank you. Thank you so much, bro. Get better. And guys, that's all I got for you. That is all I got for you, man. Great show tonight. Felt good tonight. I got all that Sasha shit off my chest. Felt good, bro. Felt good. Anyway, guys, next time you see me, we'll be live in the venue tomorrow night, Monday Night Raw. Should be a good one, bro. We got a ladder match with Miz and Dexter Loomis. I don't know uh, if... The match itself is going to be any good, but we'll see, bro. We'll see. Anyway, guys, I appreciate you. Thank you so much for all of your support tonight. Hit that thumbs up. Continue to hit that thumbs up. Got 1,200 likes. Keep hitting it. Thank you for the super chat, love. Thank you for the five new members tonight. I know it's Christmas season. I know it's winding down. People got gifts to buy. I know everybody's fucking getting in the Christmas spirit. Hopefully, we hit it hard, man. Hopefully, we fucking blow past the numbers. Royal Rumble season, man. I'm looking forward to it. Guys, hit that thumbs up. Follow me on social media, at JD from NY206, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. And make sure you guys hit that subscribe button and subscribe to the channel for more great content coming up this week. I need those ace emojis in the chat. I need those rock on emojis. I need those Mustang emojis in the chat. And I need that music on max. Guys, I'll see you tomorrow night live from Monday Night Raw right here on Off The Script. I'll see you guys later.